This week on Invasion of the Podcast, a spirit Halloween store film. What's next? A dollar store, the movie? Where we're going, you don't need eyes to see. Event Horizon turns 25. And we bust out the nacho hat for a devil of a good time. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul Baby Bear Stebman, and uh, somewhere out to my distant left in the internet is Joe Spamming a Can Peters. How you doing, Joe? Spamming a Can. Good. How are you, man? Good. It's people. Like it's uh, Steve's not here. Uh, he's off on a secret mission, um, covert ops. So <laughs> I asked Joe to come on. So Steve, just be aware. I am I am cheating with you with my first uh, podcast husband. I need you to know <laughs> that. Going back. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's like, baby, I could change. No. Uh, she didn't talk to him anymore. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Just when Joe and I were in that escape room a couple weeks ago, it's just things, we just locked eyes, you know, and we realized that we couldn't escape each other. So that's what's going on. Oh, man, that room. <laughs> those, so those those rooms were set for like 12 people. How the hell would you fit 12 people in there? I don't know. Like, I know that I'm a naturally sweaty person to begin with and also being, you know, like overweight and taller. It's just, I was like, the humidity was already causing me to sweat. I couldn't imagine having 12 people in there baking yeah. trying to solve that. Apparently they tried to make it like as authentic as possible with no air conditioning. Oh, good. That's yeah. Like, you think Cause wasn't it like you were like doing like checking out like something for uh, Elliot nests? Like. Yeah. Cause you, you had that, that um, old mechanical fan that you'd only tell was working when it had the streamers attached the to streamers, it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The official like uh, indicator, not the fact that the blades were spinning, but no, the streamers, you got to have the streamers. So yeah, like they're like, yeah, we want you to feel like um, it was back then where everybody just smelled bad and wore heavy clothing, but uh a lot of cologne. <laughs> yeah. Just sweating through your shirt. And Ugh, suspenders. I'm just even thinking about that's making me sweaty now. Um, so, so yeah, um, we're going to be talking about uh, Event Horizon this evening, uh, and um, it's going to be a fun talk. And then we have a game at the end. We have the Nacho Hat returning. It's been a little while for the Nacho Hat. Hope everybody enjoyed the conversation two weeks ago when Steve and I talked about Halloween. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, who, who knew that was Steve's favorite film? Kidding. But Joe, not me. Like, okay. Yeah, right. It's it's funny because like you you know you know these people. And it's like you have like those things where it's like he's that's his favorite film, and it's like he could just see it like beaming, right? Like yeah. and I know, like Paul, you want to talk about aliens? Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just sit down and put my I put I finger I steeple my fingers and put my chin on. I'm like, please, you know, let's do that. Um, so yeah, it was a fun talk, but, um, before we get to the news tonight, um, you said that you recently had watched the film runaway, um, which yeah, I, I, I I've, yeah, I've not seen that in a long time. I own it. I've not rewatched it. So I like, like, I feel bad. Cause like a lot of people are always like t- asking me, go like, Oh, did you watch this? Did you watch this? Cause Netflix and all these streaming services throw so much new crap out. And I'm like, nah, I just. I watched American Ninja two on Amazon. Like <laughs> I like, for some reason I go back and I like, damn, I haven't watched this in a while. And this is on here. I'm like, let's fire it up. And runaway was one of them. So I was like, wow, I haven't watched runaway. And I remember I was 
terrified of those robot spiders when I was like six. They shoot uh, acid into your cheek, right? Or whatever. It's like, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would catch on fire. Like, I don't know what they put in you. (laughs) Like everyone caught on fire. Uh, But yeah, it was interesting. And then I, like I texted you the other day because I, I was uh, somewhere in Blue Bloods was on and I'm like, yeah, what if Blue Bloods was actually like just a runaway expanded universe? Because he's still a cop. Wouldn't it be like, funny if they slowly start working that in? Like they just fade in like, you know, it's like, oh, it's, yeah. this thing. it's like you find out he's actually been the same like, guy. Like Donnie Wahlberg gets killed by one of those robot spiders and he's like, they're back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the one the one that was running through the cornfield has had a vendetta for like 30 years. <laughs> yeah. And it comes back right to finish oh. the job. I I didn't remember a lot of pieces of that movie, and that's a Michael Crichton movie, like through and through. Like he wrote and directed it. Yeah. And um, like to think about like how much he's done, like just all his novels and just like things that you know, like from Westworld to Congo to Jurassic Park, you're like, you know, a runaway. But like um, just the concept of like if a machine goes haywire, you have to call the cops just to go turn it off. To me, was hilarious. <laughs> I would just be like, you know, like the Roomba, just I'd have to call the cops. But yeah, it's doing it again. You see those videos of the Roombas with the knives taped to them? Like, yeah, I could see that. Not happening. even a Roomba, but like my coffee machine. Be like, I don't know, man. It's like it's it's out of water, but I try to turn it off and it's just smoking. And I don't. Oh, you just unplugged it. OK. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, and it's like and you get a bill from from the right. place like this. My, you know, we came out yeah. here. Yeah, it feels like. Like that maximum overdrive, there should be some overlap there, right? I want to see, I want to see cops going out and trying to bust uh, machinery. Like, like I think it'd be living, funny, like like uh, sentient semi trucks and stuff. Sure, like we're getting to that point now with like supposedly with the self driving vehicles, right? Like I want to be like, yeah, I want to see that. I would, I want to see that episode of Cops where they pull a car over with nobody in it. Oh, there, I saw that on the internet the other day. Somebody did pull one over, like the cops <laughs> pulled it over, and it was just funny watching him walk up to the window and he stopped and they just went back to the car, like. <laughs> Like, oh, right. I guess I can't take your license because you yeah. are a vehicle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, outtakes or like close ups of Knight Rider when they're showing like Kit supposedly driving by itself, but it's a guy wearing beige to look like the seat? Oh, to look like the seat? Yeah. No. You just see, <laughs> you just see like he's wearing the vinyl on the front, too, and you can kind of make out his head. And it looks like, you know, the seat's driving the car. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen some YouTube videos where like somebody rigged the seat. They rigged the seat, or maybe they just had it remote, and they went through the drive-through. You know, so yeah. People I, are like what? That's funny. Um, so, so yeah, run away. I need to. I need to revisit that. I like. I want to. I just haven't got to it. I know Gene Simmons is the bad guy. Uh, which he is perfect. he's a phenomenal bad guy in that. By the way, like like whoever casted him, like that dude looks so sinister all the time, and like. Like I even read like a couple of snippets after I watched it. Like I went back and looked at the you know the trivia, the making of stuff, and um, the security that they hired didn't think he was one of the actors, and they were like really nervous about him being around the set. Like, that guy's up to something, <laughs> and it's like they're like, no, no, no. Like the assistant director was like, no, no, no. That's that's the guy from Kiss. He's in the movie. He's like, just watch him. Like that guy was like, he didn't even. He's just like that dude. Just looks like so evil and. And, will, and willing um, to sell you anything, you know, like, yeah. um, yeah. So yeah, I need to check that out. Um, did you, was there anything else that you got into recently other than runaway? I know, I did, I know the weekend is kind of uh, went. the week. No, not really. I mean, I, there, I can't think of what I, I don't think I watched anything interesting this weekend. I don't, 
I don't really make an effort to sit down and watch. Sorry, I've been watching Moon Knight regularly. I don't I mean like everybody, but I didn't watch. Did I watch it yesterday? I did watch it yesterday. Well, it's good. Like I, I got yeah, the third episode. It's really good yeah. so far. Like I, I, so far, it's coming in. It's coming in on the middle with a with a with a close chase on uh, WandaVision and um, uh, Hawkeye for me. So uh, we'll see where it lands. Yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. Um, like I said, I caught the episode yesterday. I'm I'm still um, trucking through uh, Halo. The new episode came out today. I've not oh. watched that. Um, so I'm like three episodes into that. I think two or three. Um, it's it's not bad. It's just kind of there. So I'm hoping to see where it goes. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Like I was gonna like like really kind of wait till it all came out and see how it reviewed. And then I think Paramount's got like a little like you know try us out type you know yeah. trial thing and then i was going to maybe watch it that way but like when they were like oh yeah he takes his helmet off i was like what, what? well it you know to the credit of the people they're like you know how many games have you played as you know as john and it's like he's more of just like you know you're in control of him right he, he talks a little bit and that's about it like he's very stoic and here it's like you know having that like you can't i, I don't know like it's, it's he's, he's not the mandalorian you know, so yeah, no, but he should be. And that's the thing that was really like, I don't want to say like interesting about Master Chief, but like the reason that Boba Fett and Master Chief worked the way that they were is like it was like that that mysterious gunslinger type thing that they were a badass, but they didn't have like a face. And I don't know, to me, it kind of ruins part of the character because and same thing with like even the book of Boba Fett. Like, you know, I'm happy that tomorrow Morrison came back to play Boba Fett, but I would have been fine if they would have done the same treatment as they did with Pedro Pascal, because I feel like that was like a, I don't know, like a care, a piece of the character, you know, I don't and know. I think it's an unwinnable situation for like a TV presentation of something like Halo, where it's like, if you keep the helmet on the entire time, like people are going to be like, but you know, the, we, we, like who's, who's watching Halo that has never played those games. That well, that's, that. I mean, that's kind of the point, right? Like they want it to kind of, to be like approaching, everybody right to me to me that's just ridiculous if you're coming into halo as big as it is in pop culture and you're like why doesn't this guy ever take his helmet off like if it was handled correctly like it was in the video games it would actually enhance the character well so, so i'll just say like give it a chance i mean it's it actually oh, kind of i'll no, probably still check it out i was just really yeah, disappointed no no his it, helmet off. it kind of has like um it's 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 almost it has kind of like a mass effect vibe and like, it's like not, not in the sense of like, it's, I mean, mass effect is amazing and really well written and everything, but it kind of has that same type of like color palette a little bit, like not the, not the trippy space colors yet, but it kind of has that clean military look to it. That kind of like appeals to me. Like, of course it's halo. Right. But the aesthetic kind of works. Um, the other, the other Spartans so far are cool. Uh, Bokeen Woodbine is a, a Spartan that left the program and ran away and he grew up on his own. Uh, so you give you give him a chance to actually have some character. So there, there's, there's positives to this. And again, it's only a couple episodes into a series that's supposed to be like, you know, a long running franchise. So, you know, a lot, a lot of shows have a rough first season, right? So we'll see how this goes. The warthogs look cool. The warthogs look really cool. Yeah, if anything, it's probably worth it to watch. Like I read that, like the first episode, they kind of, kind of drop the ball on some of the action sequences to make it like a video game. But well, because um, you hear the it, beeping of the overshield and stuff, and you get the first person perspective. It's like only only people that play the game would know that. Oh, they're hiding. 
to wait for their shield to come back. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. not. Well, that's that, a good. That's a good. Uh, it's a good nod to the players. Yeah. I think. You know, I th- but I think like anytime they make those first person shooter movies or TV shows, like there's no reason to take a first person. They did that with Doom, I remember, and I was like, this, this is pointless. They did a they did a little bit, which is fine. I mean, if that's if you want to get into the mindset of like this is Halo and you see the Covenant and all that stuff, that's fine too. And then the Covenant thing too is a little different too. Which again, I'm viewing this as um, it's it's not you know, beat for beat like the game, which is fine by me because it's a different story. So give me, you know, as long as you give me the spirit of it, I'm fine with it. And I wasn't ever like completely, you know, I'm like, I, I like Halo and I've, I've, I've gotten beat up plenty playing at multiplayer uh, with friends that, you know, you just get angry because they just, you know, hit you with a gravity hammer and you're done. Um, but like, you know, I'm not beholden to this. It's not like my big sacred cow, you know, so far mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. It's, I mean, enjoying it as in like, I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I'm turning it off because I'm bored. It's just like, let's see where this goes. I'm I'm hopeful. How about that? Yeah. I mean, I I kind I think I kind of reached my peak of Halo at Halo 3, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I know it continued after that. I didn't really follow a lot of it, but no, I I was kind of ex- kind of excited to see a live action version of it. So I I'll st- I still want to check it out. It, it could be handled that. a lot worse, I'll just say that, which is not that's not that's a backhand compliment in a lot of ways, but that's not what I mean by that. Like there's there's a lot of video game adaptations that completely fall on their keys, right? And this one hasn't done it yet. Well, this, it's yeah. it's tricky to not fall on your keys with video game adaptations, right? So, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I've been I've been checking that out. Um, I did like I since I had the week off, I actually like we watched some other like I ended up watching um Schmigadoon. Um, I don't know if you caught I don't know if you had Apple TV or not. Mm-hmm. That was. Do you know what Schmigadoon is? It's it's been out for like a year plus now. It was the no I I yeah. can't get Apple TV because I have just tried three times and i've given up like i have <laughs> i tried using my roku to sign up i tried using the internet and like every time i get to the create apple id because uh, I, I haven't had an apple id for at least like i don't even know what it is but like at least like maybe eight years oh, you don't have the barcode on your body that they give you every now every time you buy like a smart device from them you have to you know like you get the iphone and you have to get the barcode you don't have that i don't I don't think I've ever purchased an Apple product. <laughs> I had an iPhone for work like back in 2011, 12, 2011, 2012. And that was the only Apple product I ever had. Yeah, I had no, I had, I had, I remember we, when we worked at Blockbuster, I won that iPod. That's it. Those are the only two things I've ever owned by yeah, Apple. I had an old iPod, the one that like weighs like seven pounds. Um, I had that. Um, we had two, was it iPhone sixes or whatever? You sold them to. <clears throat> to my, my, my wife and myself and that iPad that I still have. That's it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but so I was like, I wanted to watch like Ted Lasso and I wanted to watch mythic quest. So I'm like, all right. Cause people have been hyping Ted Lasso so much. I'm like, I definitely, definitely want to watch it. And I tried one night cause I'm like, I didn't really have anything to watch. And I'm like, all right, let's watch Ted Lasso. So I've set it up, set it up. And I get to like the part with the credit card All my stuff's right. And it's just like, it's like, oh, you need to contact support. And I'm like, oh, I'm not contacting support. <laughs> and like, I, and I talked to you about this too. I don't know what my ineptitude is with technology and signing up for things. I could, I can't get my damn PayPal set up. Like, I got to a point, and they're like, you know, I got my bank account validated and everything, and then I'm trying to send money, and it's like, nah, we blocked your account. You need to you need to talk to us or something. So I filled out these little things. There's three things that they make you fill out. And I get to the third one, and I can't remember what it was. It was something like, you know, I think I uploaded picture of my driver's license. I uploaded something else. 
and then it was like uh, validate your ID identification or you know whatever and I click on it and then there's like it's like ah something went wrong and I'm like uh, okay so I went back and I can't go forward past that so then I contacted customer service was on the phone for 40 minutes and they're like oh we've got to transfer you to another I'm like nah it's not that important <laughs> now like this is way too much work I'm like I'll just give someone cash like it yeah, was that's fine yeah we'll that's how I feel about this damn Apple ID now so I'm like Fair I enough. guess I'll never watch anything on Apple TV yeah. it's frustrating well so um, I like the idea it's just like oh I'll just use cash or a series of beaver pelts that's where we're, that's where we're going with right? society it's like like I, hey do you have PayPal no but I have glorious pelts I can give you like they will be useful um, you know, from, from all of Cleveland's wildlife, I have found them in the Metro parks. Um, so yeah, it's just, well, if you ever get around to getting Apple TV, which sounds like you will not, um, Schmickadoon, it was that six episode thing produced by Laura Michaels. It has, um, Oh, Keegan, Michael key. And, um, Oh, what's her name from Saturday Night Live? It's blanking on me right, right now. Um, so many. Yeah. Um, new or new, new, old current, current, but she's been around for a while. Um, here. Uh, I can probably at? just shotgun them oh. names, but I'm not. Yeah, gonna. no, no. I'm, it's it's um shoot. It is Cecily Strong. Cecily Strong, isn't it? Um, oh, Cecily. Yeah, and so like they they play a couple that you know are having some relationship issues, but they end up in this um this town of Schmigadoon, like in Vermont, that turns out to be a musical. Like so, like they they go from a real world into like this like fantasy backdrop. It's like um it's like an old school musical, and then like there's like song and dance numbers, like and they're trying to deal with this, and they're trying to escape Schmigadoon. Um, the, the musical styles aren't really my thing. Like, I mean, I, I don't mind a musical, but, um, the comedy is pretty spot on. Like, you know, like Mary likes musicals. So we sat down and watched it. Um, I, I, I know I'm like a year plus late to the game, but it, it was quite enjoyable. I uh, just seeing, mm. seeing Keegan, uh, Keegan, Michael Key, just every time songs are starting, he's like, Nope, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're not going to, like, <laughs> we're not going to do it. So I, uh, dude, I love him. Yeah. He's, he's so funny. He was so good at playing like the, I do not want to deal with this right now. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. And then, um, Oh yeah, that was like, we ended up, you know, whatever, just, it, I, for whatever reason, I decided to watch, uh, the pick of destiny last night. I have not seen that movie in forever and I love it. So I guess I was in the musical mood the last two weeks. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about, uh, the Jack Black and company. I don't think I've watched any of his, any of tenacious D's stuff. I, no. I've heard a couple of tenacious D songs. I've never been like a fan. Fair enough. Um, um and even his movies that are not Tenacious D, I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> I always feel like it's like Jack Black or Will Ferrell are like the big dividing lines for people. Like he, he reminds me of like an SNL cast member that didn't make it. That was like, you know, we don't really have a Belushi or a Farley. You know, can you try out for SNL? And then Lauren's just like, I don't know, Jack Black. Like, well, that's funny because I feel like Josh Gad is like a lesser Jack Black and somehow he's all over the place. That's fair. I, I can agree with that, too. Uh, but. But Jack, but Jack Black is to me is like a, like a poor man's Belushi or Farley. Fair enough. Okay. So <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah. That's, not not to say you're a poor man that you like him or anything. It's just you're, you're I, like I, I, just, I am judging you actively right now because <laughs> no, of, it's just <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't think he's terrible. It's just I've never been like yeah, this dude's funny. Well, just so. I mean I think it's one of those like weird like because I know like some people don't like Andy Samberg at all, and I think he's hilarious. I like Andy Samberg. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like there's that weird. You know, there's certain there's certain people that like I just you know I I have them too where I'm like nope they're not funny to me you know yeah and I um, had that conversation with one of my friends recently about Pete Davidson I'm like you realize that Pete Davidson is the 
Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg character of this generation or oh, actor, yeah. I would agree with cast that. member, you know, like not everyone gets his humor, but like once it ages a little bit, he'll be like really funny. And he is. So. He's getting better. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I like Pete Davidson. Yeah. So. That's a good, that's a good call. So yeah, anyway, that was, uh, I mean, other than like I had, I had some extended time off, went to, um, the, that wasteland convention here in Ohio and Cleveland, drank a bunch, talked to people, got silly, spent too much money. Uh, on Sunday night though, I want to mention this cause I think you might find this of interest. I went to go see a show. I went to go see, um, uh, magic sword play, uh, and, uh, oh, damn yeah. it. Oh. I forgot about that oh. show. I wanted to go. It was at Mahal's, wasn't it? Yep. It was great. I had, uh, <laughs> This, I am so bad. I don't remember anything. I texted my buddy. I was like, dude, Magic Sword's coming to Lakewood. It's at Mahal's. It's like 10 bucks or something. I'm like, let's just go check them out. Because I have a whole playlist with like Synthwave and Magic Sword's on there heavily. Oh, I didn't. Now, uh, th- look at that. Look at uh, us. Look at us being friends. I didn't know that you were in the Synthwave because, I mean, that's oh, yeah, my I jam. Like whole, yeah. Like Synthwave playlist. But like, okay. oh, man, I forgot. I totally. Damn it! And then Dance of the Dead was the headliner, which I'm sure you would like because they yeah. were pretty heavy. I have some. I have um, Dance of Dance of the Dead on on there too. Yeah. Um, but Magic Sword, dude, Soul I was do great. that all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, who else just recently came? Um, back in December, Nita Strauss. I love Nita Strauss. Well, like we uh, just went. She I was went to the oops, sorry, Agora or something. Oh, and nice. I was like so dialed in. I'm like, oh, I want to go see her because like normally she just tours with Alice Cooper because she's his guitarist. But she has her own solo album, hmm. and she doesn't. I don't know if anybody knows who they are, who she is. She doesn't really sing. She's just a guitarist, but she can shred. And like, I was like, I gotta go see her live, and I totally forgot about that too. <laughs> well, like, what was it a couple weeks ago? Uh, Terry and I we went uh, to Detroit to go um, uh, to go see the Midnight, which I know they're a little bit more they're, they're synthwave, but with like a lot of songs with like lyrics and stuff. That was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. Uh, yeah, just, but when Magic Sword was announced, like he was excited for Dance of the Dead, and I'm just like, but Magic Sword, like, <laughs> like it was one of those right. things. I'm just like, they did the thing that was in the trailer for the Thor movie. Like I have to I go see them, you know. Like it was. <laughs> Every time I listen to that song, I always think of the trailer. Yeah, I like. Right? There's some movies. There's some songs I cannot not think of a movie trailer. Like um, the Nine Inch Nails song that they had in the Avengers. Oh, uh, trailer. Uh, we're we're in this t- together. What's it called? We're in this together now. Yeah. Every time I hear that song, all I can ever think about is that trailer where like wh- like Hawkeye's sliding and like widows like jumping over stuff, shooting, you know. And I, it's like wow, like that always kind of takes me back so, to seeing yeah. that trailer. And if people are familiar, Magic Sword, um, they they the song was called um, was um, in the face of evil. I think is the name of the track. It was the one playing for the original full length trailer for Thor Ragnarok. And if that doesn't make you excited for that movie or want to run through a wall, I don't know what does. Like that that song is so cool. And of course, that's the last one they played. So we're, I'm just like waiting. I'm like waiting. I'm like, come on, like play this, play the thing. You know, you got to. I'm play sure the thing. when you hear that, dear, near, 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 like in the beginning, it's like, oh, it's like you know, any band that plays like their hit at the end when everybody's just like, ah, I, I've been waiting for Paint It Black. <laughs> yeah. So when they come on stage, though, like they're wearing like um, their helmets, right? Like because they. Um, they have uh, like it's kind of it's 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 Daft Punk adjacent, right? Like they have their little like they look like Dark Hawk helmets a little bit, which makes me very happy. Um, and I don't know if you ever seen a picture of them, but like they're dressed up. They wear these helmets, and one has like a blue visor, one has a, a, an amber one, and one has red. And it's like mm-hmm. it was so much fun to watch them come on stage and all dark and watch one of the visors light at a time as they're starting to play their music. It was it was so much fun. Sorry, I'm not trying to rub it in, but it, it changed my life, and you missed it. That's I know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, so 
Um, sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize. Had I known, had I known, I would have been blowing you up about it for sure. Well, blow me up next time because I'm sure I'll forget. Because I don't know how to. It's use a Sunday night too. It was a Sunday night show. It's like who thinks of that, right? I like, know, I know. Well, I'm just. I no, I'm saying in general, was, like who? who no, I looked for, at it. I was yeah. like, yeah, and it's on a Sunday. You know, it looks like you know. I'm not. I guess it's kind of a school night, but. All right, so I'm glad at least like at least I wasn't mentioning this band and it went out to the ether and like you didn't know what I was talking about. That's but yeah, it was went back and bought too much merch. You know, I was like, I got to get all the magic sword things. You know, the one thing that was um, kind of funny but kind of sad was um, funny in the sense of like. I'll explain in a second. Like I was with my buddy Terry, uh, my co-host on Strange Highways. Uh, we're there and we're having a good time, but people were using these light up swords, like these little small, like like stupid Jedi looking swords, because the name of the band is Magic Swords. So they wave these blue swords for whatever reason. That color blue really like bothers his eyes. So like the people would raise their swords and he had to look down the entire time. And I'm just like, I felt bad for him. And then it's just like I also couldn't get mad at people in the crowd because it's the name of the band, you know, like I couldn't be like, how dare they wave a glowy sword at the band called magic sword. You're being inconsiderate. (laughs) You know, I felt so bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, I can't, I, you know, I can't be like, you, you guys should pay attention and mind those. It's like, no, it's the name of the thing, you know, whatever. But, but yeah, uh, good time. Good time. Sorry. You weren't there. Uh, no. next time, next time. Next uh, time. Yeah, yeah, next yeah, time for sure. So, so yeah, that was, uh, that was the weekend. Uh, we got some, we got some Gene Simmons with the runaway. We got some other, we found out that Joe can never see Apple TV stuff. Um, and yeah. And we found out that Joe has now has some FOMO from, uh, from magic sword. I'm sorry about that. That, that makes me very sad. That's okay. <laughs> All right, let's just get to some news. everyone i don't know if this is good news but um christopher lloyd's a star and movie based on spirit halloween stores yeah i just what i great i do not care i care so little about this but it's happening yeah i don't i don't i saw that too i was uh, but then there was something else that he was doing too he seemed like he was getting busy like just, well he's going like, to be in the mandalorian season three i know that I, that's so, what it was yeah, yeah and, I, and then i saw this spirit halloween thing and i'm like you know, is Christopher Lloyd just getting that bug again? Is he feeling like, you know, like he needs to go do some work? Because I saw um, nobody because he was a nobody. Yeah, he was a lot of fun. And I was, yeah. was kind of like, wow, like Christopher Lloyd's like in this action flick, like, you know, like playing the old guy. But it was still he pulled it off, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not blaming him. Like, I mean, you get your money. And then if you're if you're kind of riding that nostalgia booking train, fine. You know, I, I like him. You know, he's he's great. Uh, it was, it looks like, um, who else was going to be in this, uh, Rachel Lee cook or whatever. And there's some other, where names. has she been? I haven't right? seen her since like, uh, yeah. And there's some other the people mentioned here. Early two thousands, maybe. I don't even know. Sure. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, um, so now that, that she needs to check in with me, I'm just like, I remember like she was kind of big like back then. Right. That's, I mean, maybe this is her, uh, you know, ticket back in to, to do the spirit Halloween store film. Um, it's, what was it? it? It features a new Halloween store popping up in a deserted strip mall. Um, and then the building is haunted by a spirit who possesses the animatronic characters in the store. Great. I just, we've all, we all, if, if anybody's anywhere familiar with video games and what's been going on recently, we all know the five nights of Freddy's thing. And if you've seen, um, Willie's Wonderland with Nick Cage, I guess this is a subgenre of animatronics gone, gone wild. We need, we need Tom Selleck coming in here with his police. 
to brush right. these animatronics. We need Runaway. This could be the prequel to Runaway. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I'm not begrudging Spirit Halloween. I know they, they show up, like, you know, once a year, and they, they take store space that's been vacated, and they set up their store. Fine. That, that's a business model. works for them. But it just feels like this is just, I don't know. Like, this is, it, it feels... Um, I, I guess, I mean, maybe I'm a hypocrite because like the Lego movie was a lot of fun and that's definitely just a product that I'm like, well, that's, that's a fun way to do this, but it'd be like Ikea, the movie. Like, I just don't know how I feel about this. It just feels I think, weird. I think it would be funny if like it was from the perspective of like corporations or maybe like almost like a, like a, what's that show that's on NBC superstore. Mm-hmm. It would be from that perspective. And then like spirit is like literally like a slasher but they're coming to take the space of where these people work. Like they're just afraid. They like just see them kind of like moving in. It's like, Oh, that target closed. And now it's a spirit. Well, oh, yeah, it's kind of like that. Ross that, that. dressed for less, but oh, that's a spirit now. Like, <laughs> oh, no, and that. then you see it like getting cr- closer each year. Be like, yeah, you notice like last year it was like three stores down. That's like, I would like it if the strip malls slowly, all of them became spirit stores. Like just like they've got the whole thing, like every yeah. one of them. And people will be like, oh, I just say it happens so slowly over time. We didn't even notice, you know, like, but yeah, you're talking about like that weird, like looming shadow, like that would like Walmart had over small towns where it's like, well, they're here. Everything's screwed. That would be funny. I mean, funny if it wasn't true, but like spirit, the Halloween coming in and being like, eh, we're coming for you next dress barn <laughs> or whatever, you know, like, and then like each year they just stay a month longer, kind of <laughs> like how craft beer just like seasonally creeps further out past like when it's supposed to come out and you're just like like why it's like it's december why is conway's irish ale it's it's a st patrick's day beer why is it here right now like, and then the background of the movie what you slowly realize is that every taco bell goes out of business and becomes a cash advance or a cash usa while you're watching that in the background <laughs> Like, I don't know that, that is, that is terrifying for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Or like those converted pizza huts. Yes. Like you knew it was a pizza hut. Like, oh yeah. Like it's, I always, I always, um, it, I'm tickled with always the Taco Bell that turns into a cash place. You're like, ah, that, that roof looks a little too festive for a cash advance <laughs> place, you know, whatever. So I don't know. I guess this is like, this is where we're at now that stores are getting their own movies. I just, I, whatever. I mean, there was that movie that came out, um, last, um, last fall called, what was it? Um, black Christmas. Was it called black Christmas that had Bruce Campbell in it? And it's supposed to be like this onslaught of people like turning into like zombies attacking. No, black Friday. Mm-hmm. That was the name of the movie. Oh, black Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I vaguely saw that. I didn't watch that, but I, I, I want to, that. it has Michael J. White in it. It has your, uh, you know, black dynamite. Spawn. Yeah. Well, then spawn black yeah. dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like, I like how I went to spawn first, but yeah, black dynamite was actually a better movie. than spawn. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's kind of the vibe they're going for. Or maybe like, like you were the person that made me watch like the first, five, six minutes of Krampus. So maybe that's the vibe they're going for, you know, with that whole, like, um, Krampus was dark though, but the beginning part with the story, oh, the showing beginning on, part is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe, I mean, that's, maybe that's the best way to go with that. I don't know. But anyway, I saw this is coming and I'm like, all right, here we go. Like it's a movie about a store. Great. And then, you know, sure. Anyway, like AutoZone, the movie don't care. All right. Um, I, I don't know if you have any other, any other reactions to that. It's just, other than Christopher Lloyd's getting paid, good for him. Rachel Lee Cook is still out there. We're, I guess we're thankful for that. I mean, I don't want to see anybody fall in hard times, but that's about it. Maybe she was already yeah. working at a spirit store, and they're like, oh, shit, it's Rachel Lee Cook. Do you want to be in a movie? Like, she was the <laughs> manager. Poor Rachel Lee Cook. Didn't she play Tifa Lockhart in Final Fantasy? Oh, what, Advent Children? Uh, like the yeah. Maybe. 
Um, was it in the game or it might have been in Advent Children? Well, because I, I think like, yeah, because I think because they did the they they did that not live action but the yeah you know, the animated one maybe yeah which I always thought was funny because I think she looks like Tifa so well that yeah that would make sense but yeah I'm not you're right I haven't heard from her in a while but like I just like the idea it's like she's just there like getting seasonal work because it's like hey, you know things haven't been working out it's like oh shit there's a movie being made I'm an actress you know so yeah um, next story I have here this just came out today. Uh, supposedly with discovery, um, buying discovery Warner media, like the, the whole big deal closed for 43 billion. Cause you know, that's money that is real and can make sense to us. Um, their, um, the CEO, David Zaslav is looking to overhaul DC and re- revitalize the, um, the brand for a new era. So they're looking at the films and the streaming series and shaking it up. So how many times has uh, DC from a TV and movie standpoint been turned upside down the last like 10 years? I don't even know. Right. Honestly, it's like one of those things like you hear something going on and you're just kind of like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, <laughs> like it's like at work, like if 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 you work somewhere and they've got like a like a real crappy computer system that everyone hates and we're like no no no, we're getting rid of this next year we're gonna switch over to a new system and be like yeah i'll believe it when i see it until then i just have to suffer through this thing that's basically how i feel about that that's how you feel about uh warner brothers in dc with the way they treat the yeah. universe i yeah. mean i don't want to crap all over everything they've done with dc i mean there's some stuff that's kind of a stinker but you know there's there's some gems that have been pulled out and, and by gems i mean stuff that i enjoyed watching but in nowhere do I think it's like in caliber to Marvel in a expanded universe sense where it's like, my God, I love how connected this all is. It's just kind of like, I liked watching Shazam, but how much has Shazam touched on any other movie in the DC universe other than Superman going to lunch at a school, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I appreciated some of the movies they made and had, you know, enjoyed them. Even the last Batman movie I enjoyed, even though it was too long. Um, like, but they didn't fit it in or tie it in anywhere. And it's just like clearly like not just Marvel. Other people have figured this out with expanded universes in a smallest sense. But like when you have something like DC, it should be a no brainer. (laughs) Like it should just be like, Oh, it's already kind of done for us, but we can't (laughs) (laughs) for whatever reason, for whatever reason they get like cold feet when like one thing doesn't perform like the way they hoped. And then they change course or because something overperforms, they think that's exactly what, like what people want, you know? And it's like, it's, and here's the sentence here too. I'm going to read this from the article uh, to kind of give you that. I don't know if this is exactly what they mean, but this is what they're saying. So Zaslav has reportedly identified certain weaknesses in DC, like how the company left several top shelf characters, such as Superman uh, to languish as for promising strategies. Discovery seems to believe that films like Joker are a shining example of how second build characters can become commercial and critical hits. If, if they're like, you know, what's, what's really good, darker and just like that. I, I think I just no. You know, I Snyder's going to knock on the door and be like, "I have such delights to show say, you." You know, you say darker again. Like I think there's a there's a spot for darker stuff. Like oh, absolutely. Like Daredevil. Like Daredevil was dark for Marvel, in my opinion. It wasn't like DC dark, but some people like that. Like dark. Like it, it, you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit is how you know, different genres of sci-fi are, and you have, um, Warhammer 40 K, um, like Warhammer 40 K is like miserable, a miserable future. And like, 
you know, some people like that, like, you know, that type of future, like that, that sci-fi. And, and I think like when that gets like filtered or applied over like comic books, which are, I think in a sense, like supposed to be like entertaining, campy and, uh, like a little fun and silly at times. Like one of the things I kind of, I guess I don't want to say I don't like, I, I don't think it's a big deal, but like is comics nowadays try to be too serious for themselves I think there's a place for them to do that, um, especially a lot of small press. Uh, but when you try to get like down to, um, you know, being like uh, more realistic or more serious with some comics, it either gets knocked out the park or it's just kind of like a complete dud. And I think that's what's happening with some of these movies is like they're trying to be darker or more real grounded in reality in a sense or more serious. And it's not sticking to landing the way that say something like a like a watchman would be you know what i mean like watchman's pretty pretty dark and you know i think that vibe for dc worked in watchman and that's you know like alan moore but not everyone can put together something like alan moore and that's where they keep failing yeah i just like i mean either the pendulum swings back and forth where they're forcing uh david Ayer to make changes to suicide squad because they want more like guardians of the galaxy right where i'm not saying his cut would have been better by any stretch but you know they're like oh that made a lot of money let's just do this and then and then like with justice league it's like with that then four hour snyder cut or whatever it's like it's just i don't know why dc always has to be like we're you know we're just dour and i, well, I just you know it's because of you know you're your figurehead, you know, Kevin Feige's, he's got his finger on that zeitgeist pulse to comics and the people at DC and Warner just, they don't have anyone like him, which is and what really, they want to do now. They said they want to find a Kevin, a Kevin Feige type character, but they say they want someone with a business background and not a creative background. So I'm like, yep, you're going to keep screwing this up. Exactly. You know, I mean, I think anytime most fans can see when, you know, like, uh, a, a superhero project turns into crap is because like, you know, these fingers get in the cookie jar of like these, the execs and stuff. Like we're going to talk about event horizon, which has a lot of pieces to that too. Um, you know, where, you know, people who didn't see the movie or they don't let people make the movie the way they want. And it kind of like falls apart or it becomes just kind of like, this looks like there was a story that was supposed to be told, but it wasn't, um, you know, and, uh, I know like, I think we talked about uh, like Morbius recently, um, just in brief, you know, like how bad Morbius is doing. And it's like, so Sony decided to take a C-list character and try to make a whole movie about them, thinking that they could, um, I don't know, capture a little lightning in that bottle like they did with the first Venom, you know, and then ride off the coattails of like, you know, the Marvel success of Spider-Man, like the, the MCU. Mm-hmm. And... um if James Gunn had done Morbius, yes. And that's the thing is you need to find that person. You need to find that Alan Moore, that James Gunn, because if James Gunn can take Peacemaker, cause I didn't even know who the hell Peacemaker was like two or three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it turned into like one of the best shows I've ever watched, like superhero shows and any DC, like very close to like, like uh, doom patrol and doom patrol is another one. Like, I mean, doom patrol is like, way down on the B list side. I, I, as need, far as I like, need to watch a, that. Yeah. I've not seen any doom patrol that or umbrella Academy. I know that's not DC, but I've heard good things about both. I've not seen umbrella is good, but I, I like doom patrol a lot more, but it was one of those things where I'm just like, I've never heard of this. And, and you know, I've read comics, but I didn't like, 
I didn't branch out far when I was a kid. I do now, but like, you know, when some of these properties are being brought in and it's like, I don't even think Peacemaker kind of like made, you know, it made his rounds into the DC universe, like in the modern era in terms of like how, you know, you had the Avengers being kind of like this huge overarching group where like everybody got a turn inside the Avengers, you know? Um, and then like, you know, trying to expose people to him. And it's like, uh, this, this, I don't want to say no name, but this character just comes out of nowhere. And like James Gunn is like, Oh yeah, I'll write a good story about this. And it's like, wow, this was incredible. And to take Morbius and try to not say they were trying to do that, but it's just like, try to make a movie. And it's just like, man, you, you can't be, you can't be playing with this stuff like this. It's like, you're not going to do the same thing. And nothing against the director or writers of that film. I've, I've not seen it. And it's like, and they, you know, they, they did what they did. Right. But I, you gotta be, you gotta be right. You gotta be sure about your creative people. Right. Like as much as, um, like, um, I, you know, like when you had, um, the, the first wonder woman film like that, like with Patty Jenkins and company that felt, that felt right. Right. And then I don't know what happened to that second one, but whatever. Um, but you, 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 you trust, you trust the creators that, cause they have like, supposedly, you know, you're like, Oh, these are accomplished filmmakers. Let them do the thing. Right. And I don't know, like Warner brothers, like maybe, maybe even Marvel does this too, but we don't know because they've had a lot of success. Maybe there's such a short leash that like it takes somebody that has, um, a stronger headspace to be able to kind of push through and you see their, their personality come through with their product. Right. Like, um, like surprisingly, I'll put this to you. I wasn't expecting much out of, um, out of Ant-Man or the sequel, but Peyton Reed has made those films his, like, yeah. you know, and, and like they have their well, own kind of like quirks to them, even though I know Edgar Wright wrote the majority of the first movie and he was supposed to make it. But Peyton Reed really like for someone, I didn't really even know who it was, you know, and I'm not holding him up versus like James Gunn, but he's made those his movies. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. He's got a stamp on it, and that's that's really good to say too. Coming from you know taking something that Edgar Wright did, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, we even look at John Wall with the three Spider-Man films he's made. You know, like is it John Wall? I think it's like, or is that the John the, Webb? John Webb? No, Mark. No, um, Mark. Webb. Mark Webb did the amazing films. Um, like John the, Watts, John Watts, John Wall is like a, he's a basketball player. Anyway, John Watts. Yeah. Like he like, by God, like, that's Titanic for the amount of pressure and the writer's room to give all three of those its own kind of quirk. Right. That's an amazing thing to me. Well, like, Plus, like, I think some of the decisions Marvel made with like some of their creative, like grabbing people that have done either things in the past or in the future. It's like, you can see like their success and like, I don't know too many people that don't like community with the Russos or, um, uh, what we do in the shadows, the the doc, the movie or the TV show that Taika had worked on. Um, you know, so it's like, you can tell that they've got, they did some, they did a really good job with like casting and, and whatnot. And I think like James Gunn, working on the second suicide squad definitely helped that franchise. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Cause he's even so, talking about, there's going to be a second supposed spinoff from that. That's going to be more serious in tone, which I'm sure he's more incapable of handling, you know, versus like peacemaker, which peacemaker it, you know, it gets you into the heart. It hit punches in the heart sometimes. Right. And it's really, really good. Um, you know, I just, I think he set the bar high that there's never going to be a better <laughs> intro song sequence ever mm. for any TV show ever made for the rest of until the heat death of the universe. That's I got to tell you, like, I mean, everybody skips intros like nobody. Hopefully nobody skipped 
Peacemaker's intro. Nope. Whenever like, they watched it. Um, right. Cause I think I texted uh, you and Steve, like the night I watched, it, I was like, this is the greatest. Cause I didn't want to tell you guys, like, yeah. this is the greatest thing. I like, I it put a tear in my eye. I know it sounds really silly, but it's like, I've, I have not had that pure like jolt of like joy just yeah. shot into me. And it was amazing. Um, Doom Patrol is kind of like that too for me. I could never skip the Doom Patrol intro, and it's not as upbeat, but just the melodic sound and the nice. intro and the imagery. It's like I don't know. As soon as you get into it, like let me know what you think of the. I, intro I need song to. I Doom need Patrol. to get into it. I just. I, it's like I have my big list of. You know, there's always more media, right? And it's like, but I could, yeah. I could play Overwatch, and it's just like, and then an hour later, the, you know. the third season starts to starts to slide downhill. Though the first two seasons are phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, so. I'll I'll be in. It has Brandon Fraser voicing, you know, that robot guy. So I'm a lot of f bombs from Brandon Fraser in that. <laughs> okay, then Brendan F word Fraser. That's the, <laughs> I will. A lot of F-bombs. Yeah, like to, WTF is like his catchphrase in that uh in that um show. It's so thanks. funny. Um, yeah. So well, look here. We're going to see uh, that um, that Discovery Warner Brothers, whatever it's called, Discovery Warner Media. They're going to screw with everything again. So we'll see what happens next. Watch watch Black Adam will become like this like breakout hit. And they're like, we need The Rock to be more serious and make darker, darker films. I'm like, OK, whatever. That's what like, I don't know. Like, are we going to get a Joker too? like that Joker versus uh, Robert Pattinson's The Batman? I don't want that movie. Please don't make that movie. I don't yeah. need that movie. But anyway, so. All right. Uh, last story here. I just saw this just a few minutes before we start recording. Uh, and here's the title. It's a uh, TSA agents find a sword inside oblivious travelers cane. All right. Let's move on past this. I don't need, I don't have time to get into the TSA. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so I'm sure. I will sure. talk about the TSA for hours. Fair enough. But <laughs> so they uh, said a traveler at a Boston airport security checkpoint was shocked to learn his cane contained a sword. Um, I'm, I'm going to send you the story. I'm going to put it via our, the, the the Skype thing. So maybe you can pull it up. I don't know how easy it is for you. I'll, I'll send that the link to you so you can see the picture of the sword cane. Um, so he went through, what was it? Um, he uh, brought it in. They said in the statement, the passenger had recently purchased the cane and had been unaware it contained a sword until it was examined by security personnel. Bullshit. It, you, no one accidentally buys a sword cane. That's what I say. Right. Like, and if you buy a cane, I would say 75% of the time, you're like, there better be a sword in that. I think, I think that's the rule here. I think, uh, you know, one day I might need a cane, but there better be a sword in it. Well, I got to say that was uh, a little refreshing because TSA doesn't really succeed at much. So <laughs> this is like the first thing they've caught, right? Like, literally, like, <laughs> literally. I know. I know. Like. I mean, not to, not to get into it. They really don't do anything. Like, I mean, honestly, yeah. right. Like just like, other, other uh, than make me take off my belt and I have to try to not flash people, my private bits when I'm walking through stuff, you know, whatever, whatever liquid that is that you made me throw away is dangerous. So I'm yeah. just going to put it in this trash can by these 30 people waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But meanwhile, <laughs> the sword cane almost got all the way through. Like, um, I remember, should, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I just remember years ago, this is before nine 11. I was flying out of, um, um, what was it? Utah. Uh, cause I, this is a college thing. I was like, you know, I, I think somebody couldn't make a trip. I was like, I'm available, whatever. So I had a mini disc recorder with me to go try to do something. Cause I had, you know, I'm like, I'll make like a radio like thing, whatever. Like, you know, that's why I work on insurance now. But anyway, so, um, I, uh, I had this in my backpack with a uh, microphone and the rolled up cord. It goes through the x-ray machine. It looks like a bomb. And, and they're like, well, what's that? I was like, it's just a mini disc recorder. They're like, okay. 
I'm like, cool. <laughs> like I didn't, like, they didn't bother. Like they didn't even open it up to check. Like you see the cords, it goes into a box. Like they're just like, that's fine. You know? So I really don't know what, what's, what has changed since then in terms of like available, like awareness. I just think, I just feel like some of those people are like happy to be yelling at people to like remove yeah. their smartphones out, or their laptops out. It's like, and then, you, you know, you, nothing is uniform. You go to different airports and it's like, oh, they're like, put it back in the bag. I'm like, the guy in Phoenix told me to take it out. Are you, is this different? Like, is it <laughs> safe now here in Nashville? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm confused as hell. Like, uh, yeah. But did you see that sword, though? Look at that, that menacing sword. Yeah. It's not really. It's like, what is that? That's like, it's, it's a letter opener. That's not a sword cane. I don't know. Like, uh, it I don't know. It looks like a good, like, two foot. I could stab you. Yeah. But, like. I just like that. He guys like, I didn't know this was, I'm like, come on, come on. You, I mean, you let him knew. take swords on the plane. The air marshals there. You don't know where he is. He could be like, he could be like in the overhead compartment and just pop out with that gun. Like pop, pop. Like, <laughs> yeah. You thought he was a passenger. No, no he, he was, was a piece of luggage. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was some skis. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was dressed as a seat. Like the Knight Rider guy. He was just sitting yeah, there. Knight Rider guy. <laughs> he was just dressed. He was, to, he just pushes the four-year-old off of him, and he gets up, and he's in, like, this upholstery. He's just like, put the sword cane he's down. Just, he's just he's like, oh, my God, the chair's got a gun. <laughs> kid's on the floor. His Cheerios are all over the place. No, it's, it's, it's like a fake baby, like, um, like was it, American <laughs> Sniper? Like, it's like a fake baby he just had there. And it's like, everyone's like, I think that baby's a fake, I think it's a fake toddler. Like, shh, you can't jump. Yeah, you just Whatever. Like, <laughs> You'll wake him up. It's his head. Oh. That's that's the head of the TSA agent is the top of the baby. Like those Halloween costumes where yeah. like it's dressed, he's dressed like a chair, but he, he's the baby's head, right? He has the baby yeah. body attached to it. That I, I need this. That would make um, air travel a lot more interesting. You're like, wait, I think that, I, I think, see, I think I that scene has a baby, has a human head. Yeah. I was gonna say, I did see recently with all the stories about people losing, you know, their mind on the plane and fighting with people oh, about Jesus, yeah. whatever. Uh, some, they, they literally duct taped a woman to a seat. <laughs> yes. And I was like, wow, why can't that, that just all happen? Like, I, I feel like instead of ejecting people off the plane before it's left the tarmac, you just immediately duct tape them for a seven hour flight. Like, yeah. like don't even be like, oh, we're not going to kick you off, but you're staying still. Like, yeah. No, no, I'm like, I, I don't disagree with It's like, if you're going to be like that obnoxious, you deserve the duct tape. It's fine. It's completely fine. Like I get, you know. And if the seat wants to stand up a full gun on you, that's fine too. Oh, you know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your opinion of sword canes? I think they're pretty cool, but I don't own one yet. I mean, they're cool, but I don't really see like, unless it's a Highlander situation. I don't know why you'd have one. It's a Highlander situation. You have to be like, what was it at, um, in New York at a hockey game or whatever, or well, yeah, it was a hockey game, right? When they, they yeah. fought in the, the parking garage. Um, I, I, I have a sword. I have my frostborn. What if I made like a cane casing for it? People would never know. I'm, I, yeah, they would. <laughs> frostborn, they would know. It would be, I mean, dude, that thing emanates just like bitter cold. They yeah, would know. And, and also it's like 20 pounds or whatever. So that would make eh, a terrible cane. I don't know cane. about that. I think the cold and like slowly drawing life force away from people as it got near them would be more. I agree with that. But do you know, away. do you know who, um, who like a pre, like they will not give an F about the sword are the cats. Cause I realized that they're minions of, of Arthas and they don't care. Like I had one of them sit on top of it. I'm like, you can't sit on Frostmourne. You can't do that. Like it hungers. But it hungers. <laughs> 
So, so okay. I, I mean, I guess we're in favor of situational sword canes. I guess that's a, uh, you know, that would be. If you're a Highlander, all for it. If you're just like <laughs> trying to be like, I don't know, some steampunk dude going on a flight <laughs> to like, like Kansas City, like just leave it at home, man. Nothing's go to can- like, like they got to go to the sword cane convention, the the steampunk sword cane convention in it's Kansas like, yeah. City. <laughs> like oh, you're some my. type of apothecary yeah right uh as long as you wear a top hat and you had some uh becky lynch goggles right you're right right <laughs> with a little with a little mouse that lives inside the top hat like perfect that that has its own little cane that that's what. yeah he's got like it's like a little it's like a dollhouse inside the hat and the mouse just lives there with his own cane and that's also a sword like it just that would have been more entertaining if they went if you went through the <laughs> the thing with the hat and they, they were like <laughs> What's inside this hat? Oh, it's an entire ecosystem with a mouse. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. know. I just bought the top hat. I had no like, idea. Like, like all of Secret of Nim just in his top hat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw I saw a meme. Uh, was it online where they're like, I was like, I always cut my hair because I don't want um, a ratatouille situation where like a rat could grab enough hair and guide me around cooking or whatever it was. It's like, you know, like <laughs> so. All right, there we go. Um, there, there, there was your news. Uh, we had uh, a spirit store, uh, you know, making a movie that we we're, we're worried about that may not be good, and then DC, you know, they're going to mess it up again, and then sword canes. That feels that feels that feels very appropriate for the show. That feels very in line with everything that this show's been doing. And also, I should mention, Joe, you'll appreciate this. This is episode three sixteen. So, can I get a hell yeah? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, right. We got to smash some beers, drop some stunners. Right. That's yeah. where we're at with that. So, um, yeah, that does. It for now, the I news. Wanna, now I want to talk about WrestleMania, but yeah. <sighs> um, OK, we'll, we'll do that real quick here because we, we don't have a whole, no, 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 <laughs> no, because I don't want I don't want you to I don't want to get your Apple reviews bombed again. Like, sure. Somebody, sure. somebody's going to tune in no, and they're going to no. be like, yeah, they said Event Horizon. No, and no. then they talked about wrestling for no, 20 uh, minutes. Steve, it, it, no, that, it, that was that was our Apple review. Are <laughs> they're like we talked about wrestling for forty minutes and didn't get to Flashpoint until later in the episode? If I remember, like remember, I made it a point to make sure that people saw that review when we printed out the banners. Like I yeah. thought that was great because I wanted everybody to be like, "Oh, good reviews." And then that one guy that was upset that took us forty minutes of wrestling talk to get the Flashpoint. I thought that was my favorite review of all time. I thought that was funny that this person was so annoyed. I would imagine that guy just hated wrestling. Like, like I get that you may not. In- like, like it may not be your big shtick that you enjoy it, but like, man, it's or not enjoy it, but like watch it or follow it. But it's hard not to enjoy it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, like I, I was recently on, um, and I mentioned this was it a couple episodes. I was on a friend of mine's uh, podcast, uh, skewed universe. Uh, Jeff, thanks for, for listening. Uh, and, and I'm glad I get to go on the show cause we had a lot of fun there with, uh, with the El Goro. We were on there talking about wrestling and I, I described it as like live action comic books. Right. It that's is. what it is, yeah. you know, and that's a lot of fun. Like, like there's also, I also described it too, as, um, like there, there's a certain kind of magic, right. To, I guess, go back to Highlander with that quote of when things go so well and you, you're like, Holy shit, that has happened. Like there's that crowd reaction too. Like, I don't like my whole thing is like, it's kind of like, um, uh, Oh, you don't like wrestling yet. You know, like get, right. get, get show somebody that one match and you're going to be like, how'd they do that? I'm like, e- there you go. That's it. There's kind of, you do, kick yeah. it, you do get kind of dialed in. It's, it's like, I want to, it's like any, uh, any, any other sport. 
I don't know. People argue it up and down like, oh, it's fake. I'm like, it's still sports entertainment it's, it's, because it's, it's predetermined. Because it's not it's predetermined. Fake. Yeah, right. So I think but there's a difference still sports there. Yeah, because it takes an athlete to do <sighs> to not kill each other. Um, yeah. And uh, like when something happens, it's just like seeing a really cool stunt or a fight scene in a movie. And you're just like, that was cool to watch. Yeah. Like what was it? I was at that AEW show a couple months ago and there was the uh, Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara ladder match. And just my God, like the, the, the bumps they were taking live. You're like, well, they're both dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it was one of those things where like, we've just watched a murder. How, like, how are they walking around? You know, it's like, yeah. it is. Yeah. But with WrestleMania night one was much better than night two. That's my, that's yeah. my take on that. Cause night two, my God, like it just fell on its keys pretty hard for me. Like yeah. just everything about, but night one was a great night. One was a lot of fun. I tell you what, I give Vince a lot of credit for that, that bit he did. Um, they really milked stone cold in that and both nights. And like, I remember watching that, uh, the, the Pat McAfee match and, um, thinking to myself, like, this isn't a bad match. Like I was actually impressed with all the like celebrity BS matches that they usually well, I will say there. that the Sami Zayn, um, Johnny Knoxville match was my favorite of the night. I it, was laughing so hard the entire time. It was amazing. And they did a good job with that because if you took it at its face value, it was very entertaining. You know, it wasn't meant to be, you know, serious. And I know like a lot of hardcore wrestling fans are like, oh, Finn Balor didn't get anything or a paycheck for WrestleMania. But Johnny Knoxville's like goofing off with his friends. And I'm like, it entertained the hell out of people there. (laughs) Like not to say that Balor wouldn't, but like it oh, was well sure. worth its spot. No, just seeing, seeing Sami Zayn run into a large hand that slapped and knocked him down. Like it's just yeah. that I didn't or see coming. Even Wee Man, Wee Man showed up and par- Party Boy. <laughs> oh yeah, Party Boy showed up. That uh, yeah, but that was so great. They did such a good job, but that Pack McAfee match, I'm like, wow, McAfee's doing a good job. And then, um, and I felt really like normally I don't they they always try to do these heartstring stories, but like legit, like this dude, it's kicker for the Colts, always been a huge wrestling fan, retired from you know the NFL, started to pursue wrestling in terms of like just doing like commentary or a podcast, and then like you know he's got like a a, a ring like a like a a gym uh, with a ring set up at his home. You know, he wrestles with his friends or like people he knows in the industry. So he gets a match from Vince at WrestleMania. And it's like this dude's living his, you know, living his dream. And he does so a I was good like job. super happy. He does a good yeah. job. Like he. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Him and Austin Theory did a great job. The Vince thing. I mean, I like I'm, he's 76. Dude, I get it. But at the same time, I, eh. I didn't. It, it didn't make me like it wasn't like one of those like uh, like BS Shane McMahon reactions where everybody's like, oh, Shane's back. I'm like. <laughs> But yeah. Vince McMahon, at 76 years old, as soon as he took his shirt off and he had the black uh, wife beater on, I was like, Vince is going to wrestle at 76. <laughs> and it was it was, it was was as terrible as you would think it would be. But you have yeah. to give that man credit for owning that company and being as old as he is to go in the ring and take a couple bumps and be like, I'm going to still do this. And then... And then, like, a split second after I saw that, I was just like, Austin's coming out to kick his ass. I was like, we're With going right back to the worst stunner in the history of the world. And then Stone oh, Cold laughing after dude, that stunner that was, was terrible. The best. That was the yeah. best, though, because Austin does not break character in the fact that, like, Vince <laughs> effed that, that stunner up. And, and he was trying to grab him, and he's just chuckling. Yeah. Oh, uh, that well, was that was great. I, I really enjoyed that. I I, mean, I I understand where you're coming from. 
I, 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 the football thing was stupid, but, um, whatever, but, but the night before though, the Austin, um, you know, Kevin Owens match was great. It was was. so good. It was so good. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was delightful to say the least to see him get back in and, and, you know, even 50, 55, is he 55? Well, it's been, Um, all I know is it's been 19 years since his last match. Yeah. Like, you know. To oh take some bumps to go over, and then it wasn't a squash. You know, they went into the crowd. He took like a suplex on the concrete. Yeah, you know, like and the and and I also that's another match, like on top of the McAfee match, that I feel really happy for Kevin Owens. The fact that there was a conversation that sat down, and Kevin Owens is like has said Stone Cold's like his favorite wrestler. Yeah, to sit down and have that conversation that like you're gonna main event WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we trust you enough to not kill this man because he has a permanent <laughs> neck injury. Yeah, and he's fifty-five years old, and that's got to be just—that's got to be able to say a lot. You know, I'm sure Kevin Owens was elated. Oh, for sure, and it was so much fun. And then, um, like a couple weeks ago, you and I were like, we're watching the Raw live where he was in Cleveland, just like shit talking Cleveland, and it was fun. Him also shit talking Dallas, like just it was so much yeah. fun to watch Kevin Owens just work the crowd. And then the bit at the end, whenever you hear the Stone Cold music, he's like, "Do you think he's here? Are you that dumb?" Like that yeah. was great. And then, and then <laughs> as soon as yeah. it hit, I was like, "They're trolling us." I, There's no. I know, way but we weren't going to not watch the reaction. Right? No, right? You like, would not watch it because if you were just like, "I'm." <laughs> to go out and then you actually hear him talking you'll be like oh yeah like i i went and saw um i went to a concert in columbus once it was like one of those those three-day events or something like that and um i can't remember who was on stage but either they finished their set and it was like one of those things no they didn't they didn't finish their set they were on stage and they started playing uh the intro to raining blood by slayer and literally all these people started rushing back to their seats thinking that it was actually Slayer somehow or something. They were just, they wanted to hear the song. And I was just like, it, it made me think of that moment. I'm like, do you really think that they're playing this? Like, come on. But it was just really funny watching like, the crowd rush back. Be like, oh, I got to see this. Like, it was the same thing. Yeah, just Owen knows how to work a crowd. I also liked his uh, WrestleMania shirt, which I might have to buy it where it was like, um, it, it did like the old WrestleMania logo, but there was like the duct tape. It was like this weird like hodgepodge of him and Stone Cold. It was like Stunner versus Stunner. Like mm. the, the shirt is great, you know, but it was, yeah, this, I, I, I just, I, I think WrestleMania could, could still be one night trim the fat. I'm yeah. good with that. Um, but, I agree. Yeah, Especially but, yeah. if like I go in person, like I still bucket list want to get to a WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. That'd um, be a lot of fun. But I don't know if I could do two nights. You know what I mean? I think oh, that would be like exhausting. I get wrestled back out. To back. Like, yeah. I, like I feel like when we went to the raw taping, which was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but it's like, just what was it, like two weeks before I was at the AEW taping. And I'm just like, and then the night before the raw taping, I watched uh, AEW's revolution. I'm like, I think I'm wrestled out for a minute. <laughs> like it was one yeah. of those things. It's like, I love it. It's a lot of fun, but it's like, you know, I think I'm good for a second. I don't need this right now. You know, like, did you see the, um, uh, the spoiler or the uh, the rumored long term booking from the second season of Young Rock. Oh, I saw the the tease about the the Rock and uh, Roman the Roman, Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. We'll I see. thought that was whatever. That'd be fun. I thought that was funny, clever, kind of yeah. like if it happens, it's like oh, that's a really funny shat- foreshadowing long term booking. Yeah. So I I, I think it's got a good seventy five percent chance of of happening, and if. If they can get The Rock to come back and wrestle one more match, well, like, I will be with WrestleMania really- happening in Hollywood next year. I would say just book it; it's going to happen. You know, yeah. like that's perfect, right? So, 
so yeah. Anyway, there, there's um, I just yeah. I, my God, I, we we need to do we need to get Steve uh, up to up to speed a little bit uh, with some wrestle stuff because I know we got him finally watching Dark Side of the Ring because I remember he texted us. He's like the Montreal screw job. What happened? They're like everything happened. You know, like yeah. <laughs> a lot. Who's at fault? Everyone. Everyone. That guy like, with the popcorn in the audience. He's to blame. Canada. Too. Yes. He's in like they're Canada. All <laughs> France. 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 This is long. This is yeah. a lo- storytelling long term. France is involved. <laughs> yeah. Somehow the 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 or you know making Quebec a state caused this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like. <laughs> Stu Hart, everybody. Yeah, right. So, no, we need to get him. We need to get him a little bit more up to speed with some of the wrestling stuff because I know he'd love it, right? But it's like I know he's uh, he's coming along. You know, we, we've uh, we, we've uh, given him the breadcrumbs. To, we just got to get him in front of like a group of friends and watch pay per views because that's really how it like that's how it really kind of like uh, like like ferments into like your your love of the fandom is like if you just sat and watched raw or and like get him to a local show let's get him to an aiw show that's true yeah that'd be a lot of fun like nothing's more fun. i think like really like like i had the most i've always had the most fun watching wrestling together with people because just the the jibber jabbing and the the funny like you know like jokes about like you know some something happened to somebody it's like oh man John Cena's got to get his muffins out the oven. Like, you know, he's, he's <laughs> folding the table. We're like, yeah, why is he walking like that? And we just start cracking up. And then, like, just, you know, if something cool does happen. Everybody's just reaction. Like, that was amazing, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I remember watching, uh, what was it, uh, SummerSlam a few years ago where D. Ambrose, which I'd never, I wasn't familiar with him, but I just saw this guy show up in, like, jeans in the middle of, a, like, the Battle Royale at the beginning, like, the Andre, the giant Battle Royale. I was like, I was like, what's up with Deadbeat Dad? And I came up with this whole storyline. <laughs> Of this guy just trying to to make enough money to get his kids back and convince yeah. Darla that he's worth it, you know. It's and, it's um, always fun to pick on outfits and yeah. like makeup. Like a lot of times too, the women's makeup. Somebody had some crazy ass makeup. I don't remember who it was. One of the ladies, like her eye makeup was just like. Oh, uh, Rhea Ripley had some good one. Her and um, Liv, think, Liv uh, was it Liv Morgan? Yeah. They were they were dressed up like <laughs> Batman and Catwoman. Like Rhea Ripley yeah. was like, yeah, she, like, that was like spot on. It was great. Um, but yeah, like I remember one of my friends too, like when, uh, Corbin was the commissioner and he's like, why does this dude always just like, look like he's coming around the table to see if you need more breadsticks and salad. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> he does look like an Olive Garden waiter because oh. he would just wrestle in that, like the black pants and that, that button up. And it's like. This dude's straight. He he's his gimmick is a waiter. <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong. He also kind of looks like um, oh, uh, looks like a little more um, like like the younger brother of David Keckner from Anchorman. He looks like the younger, oh like, yeah, 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 like Champ Kind, like his younger yeah. brother, <laughs> like all the time, right? So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, there you go, everybody. Look at that, some wrestling talk. Look at vintage, vintage. He, he wasn't here to to rope it in. <laughs> So to blame, you blame Steve. If you went on, then you were like, "Yeah, I like Event Horizon, but I don't really care for it took sweaty him, men." It took him an hour six minutes to get to Event Horizon. And we'll be like, "But no, no, no. Blame what about Steve King?" Yeah. What about the main Event Horizon? That's what we're talking about. Oh, That's the main Event at, Horizon you know, for you know the Gravity Drive Belt. That's what and we're that, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, so there you go. That was your news and an extended wrestling segment. Also, Mr. The El Goro, I know you listen and I appreciate it because you are you do amazing things. And I thank you for listening to this lovely show. I know you call Dean Ambrose Gene Ambrose, Jeans Ambrose. I appreciate that. I got to make reference to that because he was always Jeans Ambrose, right? Because there's always the jeans. So you gotta. Is he still rocking the jeans in AEW? Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As as uh, dude, uh, Mox, he is a be- him him. Um, uh, Brian Danielson and uh, w- um, Lord William Regal now have a stable called uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, and it's like it's cool. Like they're brutal. Like they um like they they fought at Revolution together, and then William Regal showed up and slapped both of them in the face. And they're now like, he's like, you guys are now a tag team. And so now they're going around and collecting people. And it's basically like, if we bleed together and you, you prove it, you can come in. Like it's, mm, it's going to be cool. cool. It's really cool. Like, yeah, um, I'm yeah. hoping edges stable gets built out. Well, um, <laughs> well, did, what, what was it? I, I, I was listening. I was watching, um, what culture wrestling, uh, they're, they're out of the, the United Kingdom. Um, and they call them the blue goo crew. <laughs> they call the edges stable because of the, the, the light, they call it the blue goo. <laughs> like, like, oh yeah, we'll see. I hope, I hope supposedly Rhea Ripley is supposed to join them too. We'll see so I heard Champa and Ripley are going to be pulled in because yeah. I know Edge. Edge said he wanted to have like a woman in the stable, and I was like, the, the like if just the vibe he was going for. I'm like, Ripley's got to turn heel, and if she does, she needs to be in Edge's stable because yeah, I just I like that they're all like, hey, do you like metal? Yeah, just come in. The, yeah, the, just come on in. There's the blue light. The blue. <laughs> it's like just come in. It's cool. It's cool. We can talk about the cosmos or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so. All right, yeah, there you go. That's our that's our wrestling talk. Um, substituting all the uh, Apple talk that happens sometimes on here. Um, that, that's a whole other thing, Joe. I'll, like I, you, you've seen my house. I have apple trees. It was a whole thing in the fall. It was annoying. Um, a lot oh, I of thought apple you were talk. talking about like like apple, not like Apple iPhones. TV. No physical apples. Oh, okay. uh, my trees are budding now in the back. Like I, like I looked at the day. I'm like, you sons oh. of bitches. You sons of bitches. You're gonna hey, drop apples in a couple weeks. I got a I got a sawzall, man. I'm doing work in my backyard. If you need me to come over, I will. <sighs> I'm tempted. I'm cleaning out trees. I right am tempted now. because, but 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 Mary's like, well, it's so nice to have apples. I'm like, you don't pick them up. Like it's just like I get so angry every time I turn around. I'm like. Why are there more, you know, why Mm -hmm. is nature so bountiful in my backyard? I have no idea why, like I get angry at it. So, all right, that's going to do it for news. Uh, Let's just get into uh, our talk about Event Horizon. And now for our feature presentation. So the presentation of Event Horizon went out seven years ago and then disappeared (laughs) out somewhere near Neptune. And we would not stop talking about wrestling for seven years. And And then then it it reappeared back up. Oh, oh, we got to talk about this ship. (laughs) Yeah. So Event Horizon, uh, it's 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 um, it came out uh, in August of 1997. So we're we're fast approaching. Uh, the 25th anniversary. Um, this is a film that I had I'd pitched to Joe. I'm like, I, I gave you like a lot of different things to talk about. Like, I love Event Horizon, so there's no spoilers yeah. there. I think this movie's great. Um, I wanted to bring it to you. Well, one, because I know you and I have, I think we have similar sci-fi vibes. I think we have mm, some overlap there. Yeah. Um, also, um, I speaking of um, what culture... Uh, they, um, because the algorithm with YouTube there, uh, they, they did a 10 great films from bad directors list, uh, back in March. And I just happened to stumble across it. And they mentioned event horizon from uh, Paul W. Anderson is one of the, one of the films. And I'm not going to argue with that, but it's like, 
the other people on the list was like, this is, this is the company we're keeping. Like, but number 10, this is not related to event horizon. So forgive me everybody. But the number 10 is the six cents by M night Shyamalan. He hasn't had a great track record, but he's made more than one good movie. I'll just throw that out. There. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I don't like Shyamalan's movies, but six cents did kind of like break, break the mold for him. And it's been a hard act to follow. Yeah. It's at this high bar of like, Oh, a twist. Right. Yeah. So. You know, and then it became, it became a shtick and he had to kind of break away from it, which I think he did. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but what else was on there? I'm curious. Well, okay. So, um, so we'll, we'll get into this now. So we'll see how fast the internet loads. Um, all right. Cause it's one of those click through lists. So a uh, pretty woman from Gary Marshall was number nine. Um, I don't remember too much from Gary Marshall. Really? That's Gary Marshall's claim to fame. Yeah. Um, hmm. Right. Okay. So, all right. Uh, number eight. This this is going to be one that you're going to agree with, but you're going to be like, what? Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Irvin Kirshner is being like his only good movie. What about RoboCop I, 2? I'm kidding. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Isn't that like, well, well that's a whole other conversation that like, that's like, that's my favorite of the series of all of them, right? And it's like RoboCop it's the, two. No, um, <laughs> yes, that's my favorite. Actually, you know, I prefer uh, RoboCop three. No, uh, where you fight no, RoboCop. The, I think it RoboCop descended appropriately. No, that's fair. But I'm saying like Empire Strikes Back is what I'm saying. It's my favorite yeah. of all of them. So I think um, I think everybody's got their. I think depending on your age, it's it's usually like if you're an OG Star Wars, it's Empire. Yeah. So um, number seven is Event Horizon, Paul W. Anderson. And then mm-hmm. number six is The Mummy from Stephen Sommers. I don't remember too much else that he's done. But The, the Mummy is actually one of those ones. It's like, oh, this should be dumb. But it's it's actually like it was the Indiana Jones film that we needed at the time, I guess, because it actually works pretty well. Like, uh, that's that's kind of spot on in a way to think of like that generation of like you take the 80s, you have that Indiana Jones like tomb raiding adventure story i think that that fits into the 90s well especially with the the boom of cgi that that brought with it yeah i remember the whole bit too with the guys like i got the horses and then Brendan Fraser yells he's like wrong side of the river like i remember that bit too that was funny um all right so number five was dying darko by richard kelly um you know i've not released i mean i saw his film button button that I liked, but it, every, all his stuff always gets a little, little too weird maybe. Um, but trying to look up like what else this guy has. Not much. Um, um, Southland tales. That's about it. What the hell is that? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, it, Oh, that was bad. <laughs> that had, Domino. That, oh my gosh. And he uh, wrote it. Ugh. Oh, Domino. I forgot about that. All right. Yeah, so that, nightly. Yeah. Um, so number four was speed by Jan de Bont. Um, you know, he also, I think he directed Twister, which I'm not saying that's a good film, but it's fun and it's comparably made. Um, so I think he did that, but he was also a cinematographer, which I'm not saying that, that excuses you for making bad films. Um, he, he has a really large, like, like pedigree of being a great cinematographer. So it isn't like, you know, you don't want to turn back and be like, Yon DeBont, you had a shitty career. It's like, maybe a director wasn't you, but you know, anyway. Well, let's see. What does he got here? Speed, The Haunting, Minority Report, Twister. Well, eh, the mi- Twister, Minority Twister could be arguably. Yeah, but Minority Report, I think he probably did some talk because that was Spielberg, right? But Twister, I think he directed that. Oh, right? director. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. They don't really break this up very well. They just slap on a ton of yeah, movies. Right. 
but cinematography, like the guy, like the guy's spot on. Like, um, you know, uh, I don't, yeah. Oh God, Lord, uh, Tomb Raider two. Yeah. I'm oh, not, and he not, did Speed too. Yeah, I've not I don't seen, know. Like yeah. Speed, Speed is just slightly above Twister, and I only think it's slightly above Twister because of Keanu and Dennis Hopper. But they're both fun films, you know. They're like, both fun films, yeah. but I think, and I don't want to give this the director <clears throat> credit for Hopper and Keanu, so I guess, yeah, I guess Speed is kind of. Yeah, I just it was a big deal at the time, right? I remember that, but I also think Twister was a big deal at the time. Number three. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is uh, Independence Day by Roland Emmerich. That guy is like the master of like the big budget, like mess people go see. So I, you know, I can't disagree with this, I guess, but like, um, you trying to say that like he talks people into being like, Hey, you should give me money to make this, this crazy. Yes. Movie. <laughs> I, think it, I agree with that. Um, I know he also did the day after tomorrow. Um, and then he also did Moonfall. Oh, which Godzilla. I mean, that says it oh, all right there. The, the 90, was it 98 Godzilla? Was that what? Yeah, the 98 yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. Which Matthew Broderick, I think, is still contractually obligated to do two more. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not because they've made them. Yeah. They probably got out of it, but. Yeah. Um, the best part uh, of that. He did. He, he's done so many. This guy's whole shtick is end of the world BS. Yeah, because he did 2012, right? That was another He thing, did 2012. Right? He did independent. Day after tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 10,000 BC. Oh, that was, yeah, I remember that. I think you and I were both, it was our blockbuster days. Godzilla, Independence, everything about cities getting destroyed regularly. I can't stand disaster movies. I'm such, that's my thing. Yeah. It's not my bag either, but like the guy, you know, he has a niche uh, is what it is. But like, like I, I feel bad because I'll be in a theater and I see trailers about something happening. It's like, oh, the volcano is opening fissures. We have to hurry up. I'm like, I could give it two shits about this. Like, can we just move on? <laughs> like, like, I'm sure there's a family that's going to survive something they shouldn't survive. And, and, then, your heart and they're, they're divorcing, but somehow they're coming back together. Again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, or if they're not divorced, they're on the verge and the dad works too much. <laughs> so number two is, okay, it's, it's Yui Bowl, which he, like, I Oh, guess. God. But there's a film that he did called Darfur, which is actually supposed to be decent. Hmm. And it's not based upon a video game. <laughs> Like it is a, it's a biographical piece they did in 2009. So it's like, it's probably like, I'm going to take that, that lists word for it because yeah, I know how much garbage he's, no, but it's going to be those things where it's like, wait, he's like, wait, this isn't a video game adaptation and Germany's not giving me a tax credit. I have to give a shit and I don't have to challenge people to fist fight on the internet. You know, <laughs> like never heard of this, but they say it's actually decent. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Right. So number one is the one like this is not talking about Event Horizon. This is one I have a big problem with. It is Tommy Wiseau's The Room. It's like bullshit. This is not a good film. Like just ten great films from bad directors. That, the Room is not a great film. I've never seen The Room, and I know that The Room is supposed to be one of the worst movies ever. And that's that's its that's its catch. You, you no no no. You saw Galaxy of Terror. You saw like The Room. The whole thing is like the the thing about it is that since it's his own self-created thing that his, it's like, it's this weird fever dream that it's, it's funny. Right. And it's like, it's like competently made in the sense of like cinematography and the editing. Like my <laughs> argument's always going to be like, yeah, it's a bad movie, but it's not the worst film. You know, you know me like you, I've, 
you sometimes are like, I don't know about that. Like I, I have, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've gone to the ditch for some of the things yeah, that, you know, I, and I've watched some stuff too, where I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. You know, but, and, and galaxy of terror definitely was one of those. And that was my own, that was by my own accord. Well, no, cause I, you called, you want to talk about on the show. And then I was like, what about chopping mall? And I, I made you watch chopping mall. Um, actually you didn't make me watch chopping mall. I watched it on my own accord. And then like, just by random, you're like, we're talking about it. I'm like, I watched that two weeks ago, like because it was it was another one of those things that was like free on Amazon, like yeah. American Ninja Two and Runaway, where yeah. I was just like, I haven't watched Chopping Mall in like there we go like twenty five years. It is and way I know better. That this chick's it, head gets blown up, and it's amazing. It's a lot of fun, right? It's a stupid yeah. movie, but it's a lot of fun. But yeah, right. I think I, I just and that's a whole other discussion for another day about like what's a bad film, right? Like I, you know, like I have delights to show people if people ever want to. I have films that like, I think Even, I made you watch dangerous men. That movie is like, it's just so it's, bad. But, it's a terror. It's, it's terrible. It's a terrible, like, I guess like constructed movie, but like you get something out of it. And that's the thing is like, if you get something out of a movie, it doesn't matter how bad it's made. Yeah. It's then you think it's a good movie. Cause well, like a lot yeah. of people, you'll tell them you like a movie or you like something. They're just like, Oh, how could you like that? And I'm like, cause I thought this was funny or yeah. there was this one scene that really did it for me. And it makes the whole movie. And, well, and unfortunately that's, yeah, but like, well, like Dangerous Minute was like the the pure will of uh, Josh Rad of dragging this film through twenty years of production to get it done is fascinating to me, right? So anyway, mm -hmm. so yeah, this was the list that kind of sparked that in my head. I'm like, why is Event Horizon on here? And like, yeah, Paul W. C. Anderson, not a director that I think is like I I'm not a fan of a lot of his work. However, I feel like this is the movie. And we can get into some of the, like, I, I, Steve always, uh, like, is always frustrated that we don't get into the cast and crew. So let me just roll through this real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Because um, I do feel like, you know, as old as this, I don't want to say old, but, like, just looking at some of the cast and the crew of this movie, um, like, uh, who's it? Um, Jason Isaacs and Sean Petrie or Peer? Peer to Wee? No, no, it's Pertwee. It's Pertwee? Pertwee? Yeah. So, I'm butchering this. Like, well, he, no. played, he played Alfred, didn't he? Um, maybe, but so, so yeah, so we got, uh, director Paul Dubs Anderson, writer, Philip Eisner. We got, uh, Larry Fishburne as Miller, Sam Neill as Weir, Kathleen Quinlan as Peters, Joe, Jolie Richardson as Stark, uh, Richard T. Jones as Cooper, Jack Noseworthy as Justin, uh, Jason Isaacs as DJ, Sean Pertwee as a uh, Smith. And then, um, what was it? Uh, Peter Markiner as Kilpack, Kilpack. And then, um, Holly Chant as Claire, and that's the big, the big things. The rest of them are all part of like hallucinations and stuff. It's a very small, small cast on purpose. Right. So, so you don't have all the amputees and porn stars that they edited out of the, yeah. Out of the, the hell sequence. Right. Yeah. But Sean <laughs> um, Pertwee, his, his dad was a doctor from Dr. Who, uh, no, his dad was, um, um, well, was it, um, the, the fourth or fifth doctor? Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm um, not good. I'm not good. Like before seven, I, like unless it's like uh um Sylvester uh Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um um let's see here. We have one. no his his dad his dad was a doctor, so one second now. Except Cookie, sure. Everybody take all well, not the best doctors. I want all the doctors. God damn it. <laughs> um you know, like I hate these clickbait lists, right? So um here, here let's scroll through, scroll through. Uh loading, loading, loading. Um, we have John Pertwee as the third doctor from 70, 74. So, um, he was before Tom Baker. So that's why no one remembers him. 
Uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's easy to get foreshadowed by Tom Baker, I guess. Unfortunately, um, right? Like, but no, yeah, but yeah. like, like seeing Jason Isaacs in this. Oh my uh, gosh! You know, was, playing like a good. I mean, he's a little questionable, but he's not a he's not a villain. No, right? Um, I did read that. Like, like uh, it was interesting how they got Jolie Richardson cast because of her background in stage acting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think I read that like Paul Anderson basically was like. Like, yeah, let's cast her because I just want to see how she plays out the scene where they like th- like sh- that, that blood, blood breaks. Yeah. They just drench her in blood. And like it was kind of one of those things like uh, he was like, yeah, I think she would kind of like really bring something to that because it's like, you know, she's used to doing like a lot of like British theater, I think. Well, so, that and also that the original role of Stark was written for a male and like bring her in as like a second. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like, say what, like, it just, it works. It works really well. Like she's no nonsense, whatever. I well, like there's a it. lot yeah. of characters that happen with like that Ripley's oh, for sure. a classic of that. And then recently I haven't seen the movie, but I really want to is, um, uh, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Um, uh, was it Michelle Yeoh? Yes. That's correct. Is the lead. And she was originally like, she went into originally cast for like the wife that short round plays the husband. So she was going to play the wife of the, I guess the main character, but then they just kind of flipped it. So, you know, that happens all the time. And I think it, I think it works really well. And I, I, I like writing like that. Like not so much that like, I think you can almost see it sometimes where it's just like, it can be like, um, androgynous how the writing is, mm-hmm. um, you know, with like, whether it's like the main character or another character. And I think that always works really like, well. It, like, however it is on the page, you find the yeah. actor that embodies it well, yep. you know, I think that's, yeah. I think that's fair. And also, you know, like this is set in the future and like, there's a, this is a very mixed cast of people, which I think, you know, you know, not, not to get to, I, I think that's also a positive too, like in terms of like, this is 25 years ago. Like, and I think there's a lot yeah. of interest here. Like, I think there's a lot well, of good stuff here. Yeah. And it's like what, like a year, maybe two years after Jurassic park that Sam Neill's playing this like creepy villain. Yeah, where in that one he's like heroic, right? And this is like he's yeah. just, but also he's tragic until he's not. You know, like I like I just, <sighs> was know. he tragic? Like, yeah, I, because like he, I get that, like his, yeah. you know, he's I don't know. I'd, I well, okay. Before we get into, like, should we? If, if people have not seen Event Horizon here, but they, you'll Joe, you'll appreciate this. Where's it at? Here's the button. Do you know why they are called spoilers? You'll appreciate that. R.I.P. Oxterbeck. Uh, if you're not seeing this film, watch it. Please, 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 please. It's great. Um, and also, the the, the premise is that uh, in, the, in the future, which I, I had my notes here, that um, uh, we've already supposedly um, had colonies on Mars, according to the timeline. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what was it, 20, oh, have, 2014 uh, or yeah. 17 was like the moon was colonized. No, no, no. And then in 2013. 30 something like Mars gets colonized and then the event horizon goes out and it disappears in 2040, yeah. uh, 2015 successful moon colony question mark is, is what I wrote. <laughs> Sam Rockwell is yeah. just up there. He's just up there. Like he's Justin just like, hammer. He's like, like, listen, I'm alive for three years at a time, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, like, so this whole thing is like the, the, the event horizon goes out into deep space and there's a tragedy. All people are lost supposedly. Then seven years later, it shows up again. And that we have the crew of the Lewis and Clark, which they're a rescue team of the people we just mentioned brought back from like a well-deserved like vacation. And Sam Neill's character of rear is there because he was the guy who designed like the, the ship in a lot of ways and the gravity drive, which is supposed to set up faster and light travel. 
because it was opening a um like a singularity, right? Like it was like point to point, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So he that's explain, the whole thing. he explains yeah. it in decent layman's terms. It, the the Christopher the Nolan's like, I'm gonna rip that off for Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah, they actually yeah, they did rip it off for Interstellar. I think yeah. it was like word for word or something. Yeah. I was like, but it is yeah. it's folding space and, and it's not so much like going fast. It's like you fold space and you stay where you're at and then it just unfolds and you're in the new spot. So yeah, so they literally horizon, folding like it disappeared. Piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Using well, you got to use <laughs> pornography to do it though. That's really the key to space time folding. Oh, yeah, is pornography. Gotta, yeah, yeah, because he takes the the girly <laughs> the girly off. Um, yeah, yeah it's, that, that's the important part of the science they didn't talk about was the the, I, the amount of. Pornography. I find it more interesting in like what is it in eighteen years that that like uh, porn is going to be in uh, paper physical form again. <laughs> And also, like the centerfolds are just a lady with a silver hat and a bikini, and that's it. Like yeah. it's like, oh wow, we got a lot more tame in the future than we do now. Yeah. Like, um, slow it down. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, so that's yeah. the premise, right? So the Venn Horizon is coming back. It has a distress signal. Um, they're going out this rescue ship, and then we. Uh, and also, we have. Um, I just I will um, say we'll, we'll let's talk about the cast a little more in a second. But Lawrence Fishburne is Miller. He is so straight faced and like he understands the gravity of the situation because he's like, listen, the the last time anybody went this far out, everybody died, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, there I have no like he's like basically like I have no time for anything other than let's get the mission done and get out. Yeah. He's so, he's so good. Like the way he carries himself in this. So is, I got to say, yeah. like, I felt like this is a little proto Morpheus because yes, the, granted Mor- Morpheus was like more of, I don't want to say like a believer. Well, and, he was, he, yeah, he knew, he knew the game, you know, like supposedly. But, right. Yeah. But when it came to being like the captain of the Nebuchadnezzar, it was like, it, it felt a lot Miller like, and um, or at least it, like Miller felt like, you know, like going back and watching this and like what those movies are only like, what, two years apart. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you definitely get a little bit of proto Morpheus in this movie. No, but I just, I love, yeah, you're right. I think that's fair. I also like that. Um, just how he's so like, all right, this is the job we got to do. And we, we have no time for shenanigans because we're so far out. Like any, any error in judgment is death. And yeah. I, I like I love the seriousness of the situation in terms of um, the height of the tension, right? So I, I like that, um, and the, the whole crew too. Like, there's the whole bit. It's like so. The aesthetic here is this film wouldn't exist without like Alien and Aliens because there's that grimy yeah. futuristic aesthetic that I love. I love because well, when you look at the control room of them and also them talking in rhymes, which I don't know how well that's aged, but whatever the buttons and everything look like it's been like, this is a grimy ship. They're there for rescuing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And I'm smacking the mic cause I'm upset and, and disturbed by all this. Don't be upset. I'm, just, um, I'm scared, but no, you're right. Like, there's, yeah. there's a genre of sci-fi to have in that alien. I think, I think alien kind of, um, definitely uh is the like one of the parents of that like i felt that too like watching it like i remember watching the movie and like whether they were on the lewis and clark or there they were on the event horizon i'm like everything's lit very dimly unnecessarily like and there's a lot of like 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 hard metal surfaces you know grading Um, the you know, even the Clark is even very, the, it's very like industrial efficient, yeah, right? And it's then the, industrial yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. And that's I, probably a good, good 
category to throw. Well, and I like because it's like it's it's worked over. It's grimy. It isn't like it it isn't the Star Trek future, right? It's very yeah. like yeah. put on your hard hat and go to work, you know, type of thing. Uh, and I like well, that. I think sci-fi horror is harder to work into if you're in that Star Trek clean futuristic like if you get it grimy and dirty it it, it makes it like scarier because it's industrial industrial is yeah. not scary but it's like it's a more abrasive to look at in terms of like the lighting the materials the colors like it it, it just it works on that well, it's also better. more relatable right because it's like everybody goes to their job and it's like their workstation it may not like i don't know like I, uh, maybe your I don't key- know what's going on at your workstation, bro. Mine's not like that. <laughs> maybe maybe your keyboard is perfectly clean. I'm not saying grimy like that, but like they pay they pay people to clean mine. <laughs> oh well, good. Look at you, uh, Lord. That, uh, you Joe know, no, Fonroy, not really. So, know, like, real quick I think sidebar, I have I think I have I, a whole taco stuck on my keyboard right now. Like I don't know. Like it's quick, all in there. Real quick sidebar. I went back to the office for the first time Monday. Like they finally, cause they remodeled our whole floor. Okay. So I went back Monday and we're just, we're, we're hybrid. We're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at home. But like I, I brought my laptop in and I plugged it into the dock for my monitors and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my laptop and I'm like, damn, this thing is filthy. <laughs> cause it's like, <laughs> I would just sit at home at my desk. I would eat at the thing because I just take my lunch. I just work yeah. and eat through my lunch. And like I would leave it in the same spot. And like, I don't know. I'm just like terrible about, I guess, cleaning it. But I was just like, oh, so I spent like a good like 20 minutes cleaning that thing because they had wipes and stuff. But I was just like, so yeah, no, nobody cleans anything. But like it is, it, we do have like, I mean, the floors get all well, good. Good stuff, for you. So. I feel like if I took my keyboard now, shook it out, I'd probably have an entire crazy bread or something. Like it would be bad. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're all filthy. Everybody's like, God, these, these people are slob. But, but yeah. it's what it's one of those things. that's like until like there's the daylight shining, you're like, I'm a pretty clean person. Oh God, I'm a hobo. What's going on here? Like, but yeah, like I, I sit in front of a window too, and it's like I never really noticed all the dust on my screen, and I'm oh. like. I'm like I've cleaned, sure. I've cleaned yeah. my office multiple times throughout the year, like my home office, yeah. like, you know, but like, I don't know. My laptop was always, kind of well, I've, I've cleaned my office too, but every time I turn around, I'm like, there's enough hair in here to make a separate cat. And I have three cats. Like, you <laughs> oh, know, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. It's but a whole yeah. nother thing. It's like, I'm not, we're already yeah. living. We're, we're literally <laughs> living in event horizon time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the grimy look of the Lewis and Clark, I liked. Yeah. Um, and I also liked the familiarity of the crew. Like it gets, so, so, um, and well, you know, I know, well, I appreciate, you know, yeah. I appreciate the crew thing. Like, I feel like this trope has fallen into so many other sci-fi movies where it's like sound off. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I mean, it ties back to like, I mean, any, any ship's crew, whether it's sci-fi or it's like pirates, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is my first mate, my executive officer. This is the person who's in charge of munitions. This is the, the medic. This is blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's like, you kind of get introduced to the characters in a quick, like whether it's a dinner thing, like, you know, from like, you know, an aliens or a firefly or, you know, some type of, you know, uh, crew type, um, uh, story based thing. That's either science fiction, I guess, or like I said, like, well, I mean, it's, it's a trope, but it's at the same time, like, um, like I will say that I recently watched, um, there's a film from the seventies, uh, Zulu, which was dealing with, uh, um, there was a, a, like a, a, a land battle in Africa with the British and like, uh, um, colonial troops and like the locals. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing there that you eventually learned the geography of who did what, right? Like, but it was important to know who did what. 
because that attaches you to like when things fail, right? So I think there's an importance that it's like it's, it's it's a trope that works, right? And like it works in the sense of like if you do it well, it works well. And this, it's very much in the vein of Alien, where it's like we're for us is the surrogate for now, right? And so whenever um, they introduce everybody around to him, we're introduced to, and it works. And I like I liked that segment. Well, I think it also gives like some people, like the viewers, at least an idea of like what someone's job is or what the character's purpose is. Yeah. So, and so, so, um, so yeah, I guess, I mean, um, so we, we got that right. But then I guess we, we before I like throw out the spoiler alert and talk about things, um, like, so how complicit do you think Weir was before, like he knew what he knew what he made. He didn't know the outcome of, of the gravity drive until he got there. Are you talking about like where it went or what happened? Yeah, because his whole goal was to send this thing to like you know the next galaxy over, right, um, or in the next universe over, or whatever you know the next star system. I don't know Mass Effect so, shit, right? He didn't know th- where 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 it went. He just knew that it was supposed to go somewhere. I think it should be. I think it should be prefaced along with a lot of things with this movie that it was a short runtime because I feel like they had a a lot working against them in terms of edits. Yes, and parts of the story that maybe didn't work or, you know, the executives wanted out or whatever. But I feel, you know, and, and a lot of people like from what I've read, it's like, I feel like everybody said that there's like, there's more of a story here in this movie. And I think, I think that doesn't hurt it immensely because I think a lot of people fill in the gaps with their imagination, which I think is like part of really good stories. Like everything from like, uh, like it follows like one of the reasons I love it follows is because like nothing is explained and it's like your it imagination you has to make things up. to be terrified to be terrifying. Yeah. And I think it works really well with horror movies. But with this movie with Weir, I think there probably could have been more time spent on Sam Neill like dissenting, but they didn't do it. And it just kind of almost like happened. I, I agree and, with that. But at least at least with the jump, when we see him in that that, that was at the the Earth station, like the that the amazing three sixty shot that the spinning cost shot. Like a, a ton of money. <laughs> from but it, from but what it, I read, they're like, yeah. yeah, that was like like forty percent of our like side. It's so it's such SF, a cool shot. Budget. Like I mean, yes, I mean, yeah. maybe they didn't have to do it, but I like it. With him already feeling guilt about his wife committing suicide, we're already in his headspace of there's guilt coming into this, which that's one of the big themes of this, right? Is like past sins. Like that's a big thing that plays in this movie. So we're already kind of on his side of like, he has loss. So I'm not saying he's sympathetic. I'm saying he's understandable. I think there's, I think maybe that's what I was trying to say about that. Like, and then well, maybe, that makes, yeah. I agree. And I, you know what, honestly, the more, now that I think about it, cause like they do kind of trickle in pieces of that story um, throughout the movie, but there, I feel like if they would have like used like maybe fifteen to twenty more minutes of character development for Weir, it would have been a way more sympathetic villain or more sympathetic character. Where it's like where you, you feel bad see, when he slips into it. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Right, like, yeah. um, like because like I think it's like not even till like halfway of the movie's over and he's having the visions, and his wife's talking to him, and you know he's like watching her kill herself again and he's just like oh i'm so sorry i wasn't there i'm so sorry about like you know it's like if they would have like like breadcrumbed that guilt of his throughout the movie it would have had way more impact versus just maybe that like three minute scene that they snuck in in the middle of the movie yeah where he was like Um, slunking slunking around in a bunch of xbox guts with all the green lighting going on you know 
Yeah, uh, yes. I know, like the the Matrix Jeffries tube. The Matrix was like, where the, are you, Morpheus? The Matrix, the Matrix Jeffries here. box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, it's, it's creepy, but it's just like, why Why would you, like, I want to be like, you're going to get in there and you're like, well, one, why would you make a room full of spikes? And two, you know. Oh, the spike, yeah, those spikes that were in there, like, I was like, those are just, somebody's going to end up on one of them spikes. Yeah. Like, like those are just too dangerous. That, that was like, checkoff spikes, you know, and, and also uh, credit to, to uh, Paul Dubs Anderson, whenever the gravity drive, he actually w- told the art team to make it look more like, um, the lament configuration from Hellraiser. Yeah. That, there's a, a lot call. of, uh, that's a um, good call. Inspiration from oh, Hellraiser, which great call. Yeah. Very, very good. Right. Call. Um, like I can't, I mean, I feel like this, this movie has a lot of Hellraiser fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll get into that a little later. And I'll also get into like some of my own like probably things that I think are terrifying and what makes a movie work in that way. But, um, but yeah, Sam Neill, I feel like he he could have been like a great character if they would have given him maybe a little bit more development. And I don't want to blame writers or Paul Anderson, but it um well it feels you you were reading as well. This this film was originally over two hours, and then. Um, one Paramount was freaking out because, uh, James Cameron couldn't get his shit together for Titanic, which, you know, by the way, it paid off. Thanks for ruining event horizon, James Cameron. Yeah, it, it, but you know what? Paramount was right. Give it time. They made their money, but yeah. they rushed this to get it out because they're like, all oh, Titanic's not coming. Do you remember that though? When they kept announcing the release date for that film, I've they never kept pushing it back Titanic, by the way. Oh, Okay, well, it. spoiler. I mean, you know, you know what happens. The ship yeah. sinks. That yeah, was my whole thing. Why would I go see this? Like, I know what happens. It's it's good. It's just you know. You know what I did enjoy was when somebody edited their cat into the movie. Yeah. Like, no, it was um. Oh uh, shit! It was um. Oh, I know that uh, it was um. Oh, th- th- I love all those videos because they did the one recently with Jurassic Park with um the yeah, Al Kitty. Al Kitty. They did the Al Kitty edit. Al Kitty is a lot of fun. Everybody yeah. look up Al Kitty on YouTube. They edit their kitty, this black cat, and everything. And the the reactions they get from the cat are a lot of fun. Like they do a good job of like yeah, the Titanic one was good. Uh Jurassic Park was great because it did, did the part of the T Rex and slamming the top of the vehicle. <laughs> like <laughs> and Sam Neill reaches over for a, a cat a, a can of cat food to try to distract the Al Kitty to away from everything. It's a lot of fun, but, um, so yeah, no, but like, so since that film kept getting delayed, they're like, we need to get something out for the summer. So this got pushed. And then the initial test screenings didn't go over super well. This was over two hours. They cut it down to like what? 90 plus minutes. So there's, there was a whole prequel sequence that, uh, of the Lewis and Clark actually making like an initial rescue mission that we don't see. And then there's additional stuff later with some additional character beats. I don't know how much more weird gets developed, but I know uh, Isaac Clark's character. We actually found out his fear, which I didn't, you know, watching this movie and seeing what happens to him. I never question because we, we only see, because the ship reacts to the people that are on like that when they're on the event horizon, supposedly people hallucinate and see like their biggest fears. There's a handful of people that we never do. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause I feel yeah. like it focused on, um, Peters, it, it, Peters, uh, uh, D, uh Justin. no, not even DJ Peters, uh, Miller and, um, uh, 
Yeah, it was also um, yeah because it was all, that was really it because it didn't it didn't really. Well, focus Sam Neill, we have Weir because of his wife, right? Yeah. So we had like four of them, right? So but it was but we, more just know. like Peters Miller and Weir. Yeah, but like DJ, his big thing was like that we see later, like he had like scarring on him that his fear was like to be eviscerated, and that happened. <laughs> you know, like we never yeah. got his backstory, right? And yeah, then, and there, yeah. I, I guess like the director or somebody, like I don't know if it was Paul W or Paul Anderson or. Um, the writer, but they, they literally told, I think they told most of the cast, like come up with the backstory. And like uh, Jason Isaacs was, I think like his brother had had a lot of surgeries and he came up with like that backstory for DJ, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it still works because we, we get him, you know, still like, but it's just, there's carnage, right? But you're right. Like just, watching it again after reading all this, I'm like, oh yeah, they really don't go into everybody. But to know that the ship is affecting people because of the bit too, where um, what was it? Um, weird was not weird. It was um, oh shit. Um, it was uh, Cooper Richard T. Jones that was like freaking out, and DJ takes the scalpel to his neck, tell him to calm down. You can mm-hmm. tell that like the ship was affecting him, and he looks at the scalpel and drops it. Like you can tell. Like I still got like everybody's being messed up by the ship, right? Like, I like that a lot. I like, um, in terms of this, like, I don't know, I don't know where you are with like, um, cause the writer of this, um, when he pitched this, he was in kind of a bad spot with his own like personal life. He was like, what about the shining in space? I, I'm not a big fan of the shining. That's a whole other, like, well, sorry, go ahead, please. No, I was gonna say, yeah. Cause I know that the writer originally pitched it as like aliens. Like it was going to be, you know, they came back and it had aliens, but then like Paul Anderson was like, well, why don't we do a haunted ship? Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. Cause they've never done that. But like, um, it wasn't so much as ghosts, but it, it was one of those, like it went to hell. Like and it got imprinted. Like, I think that's, yeah. I think like, so I don't know where you're at with like your horror and like your whole, like, um, the idea that like, uh, um, a, so sorry, go ahead. Go, yeah, please. No, no, go ahead. I, I was thinking of like, like the ship or like a house being kind of like, um, a battery or like something that's impressionable. I don't know how you feel about that kind of horror. I, I like that kind of horror, but I think it needs to be, it needs to be grounded in some roles, but also be kind of like not grounded in roles. Like, like, um, what's that, sh- what's that series that was on Netflix not too long ago? It was, uh, was it haunting of Hill house? Yes. There was two of them. I've not, I've been yeah. bad. I'm not watching the I, one, but it's Hill House and then Bly Manor. Yeah. I, I watched that and I couldn't stand it because like I felt like the rules just became like unraveled like towards the end of the hmm. the the um the series because like y- like the house was obviously the conduit, right? Like everything should always be that if it's a haunted house, that's the it's the house. Whether it's like something terrible happened in the house or, you know, whatever, it's usually the people that live there or something happened to those people. But it's like, that is like that focal point that it like spews out from like wherever it is, the afterlife or hell or whatever. But then like the show, and I don't want to make this turn this into, let's talk about haunting and Hill house was like time passed. Like the mom died. You kind of didn't know why. And then like everybody went their separate ways. They live in different parts of the country, but then they started getting affected again. And I'm just like, so is it the family that's imprinted? Like the ghosts are showing up at different parts of the country. I just got kind of annoyed by it. Like after that point, I was just yeah. like, so like you can't get away from it. Like, I hate that. Like I like 
I like that it's like people are kind of like stuck in a situation like Event Horizon where it's like we can't leave the ship. It doesn't want us to leave. It's going to keep us here. But if by some chance it's like, hey, we got the Lewis and Clark fixed. Let's get out of here. You're all safe. That's what it didn't feel like with Haunting a Hill House. And that's why I kind of hated it. That's that's my problem with a lot of like ghost stories and like hauntings. It's like there like the, there's rules until there's not. And that's very mm-hmm. frustrating to me. Like it's just that's how it felt. Yeah, and it's like it's just I and I don't, I don't think this film betrayed its rules. Like it because no. I, I think at least set up like that whole thing when the 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 gateway opened and it just like just like wrecked the Lewis and Clark. And then when Weir was tipped over and took one of the um that, that's also want to mention too real quick just that they set up the geography of the Lewis and Clark and also the Event Horizon pretty well. And then with um, Weir talking about the the detonation between uh, the forward decks and the gravity drive. Like there was this one, it was the Chekhov's gun of like, well, there's all these explosives. And, and so at least, at least they set it up and it made sense whenever, you know, um, they found the bomb in Lewis and Clark and Weir was making sure that they couldn't leave. That all, that all works for me organically, right? Like I, I'm okay with all that. Um, and then also this place being like this, like whenever the, the bio scales going off the chart, it's like something's occupying the ship and it's messing with everybody and we don't understand it. I'm with that too. Um, but yeah, a lot of haunted house stuff. It's like, well, just leave, you know, like the grudge. How about you go away? That, that weird, um, Korean ghost girl is not going to follow you. She's there. It's fine. You're good. And I would have been, I would have been fine with that, with the, you know, the event horizon as a ship or a haunted house being imprinted, but you should be able to kind of get away from it, but it's still, cause like also like, okay, obviously it, it, it went to hell quote unquote and it came back and it's whatever changed but it should try to be figuring out what it can do in this space versus just being like i can do whatever the hell i want you know like i get when you're on the ship it's like i'll create hallucinations or i'll make people like you know disable things to kind of like keep people here or you know make noises or make blood appear and things like that but that's all (laughs) make the the walls bleed make the walls bleed you know right (laughs) you know and they did that trope but like yeah um but then even getting into like the Hellraiser piece of it, like when they figured out what had happened, like, you know, I think that's I think that's terrifying on like a level of like a ne- almost like a next level of um, Hellraiser in a sense, because I don't feel like like obviously like like because I think they even consulted Clive Barker, didn't they? So the supposedly according to the trivia, yeah, it's like, I mean, they talked to him and it's like. Why wouldn't you? Because that makes sense. But I don't. I don't know how verifiable that is. But I saw that trivia as well. Yeah, but I remember, like you know, with this being like like basically Hellraiser in space or proto space Hellraiser type thing. Um, to that point, I feel like, um, like one of my favorite like uh, like horror writers, I guess, is like, and, and and I didn't read a ton of his stuff, but enough to know that like the short stories and the novels I have read is HP Lovecraft writing horror based on what the human mind cannot comprehend. Cause yeah, people cosmic, can write cosmic horror, right? Like the unknowable. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not even so much cosmic horror, but like, like what humans can't perceive. Like, okay. Like we're yeah. always going to write scary movies. Like scary movies are written by humans. Every script of any horror movie anybody's liked or been bothered by has been created in the mind of human, whether it's a warped mind or just a really good, you know, writer that can dive into people's fear. 
um, I think true fear really lies in like what we can't perceive mm-hmm. or understand. And I feel like Revent Horizon kind of tapped into that a little bit. And, and I think it was by accident because when they started to kind of like explain what happened to the Event Horizon and its crew and they give you like these breadcrumbs your imagination has to fill things in. And I've always, like I've always said, I've, I love when you've got to fill your own, you know, story and with your own imagination, because it makes you kind of like work for the scare. Um, and it's, it's to no fault of the fact that like, you know, they did film all that, but people were so disgusted by it that they had to edit the hell out of it. But when you see these flashes and stuff, you're like, Oh my God, what was that? What was that? And you can only imagine like what was maybe going on or what you maybe saw or maybe. Well, yeah, like I mean, you give me you the know. A to B, right? And it's like that that's where the terror is, right? I think that's right. what you're talking about. Because it's yeah. one thing it's one thing to be like, hey, figure it out for yourself. Nope. You gotta tell me enough. You know, like and I mm-hmm. think this film as um for what it is for the runtime, I think it's lean and mean. I know it was done on some cuts by the studio and there's some bit at the end. You can tell whenever, um, you know, um, Oh, uh, Miller and Weir are fighting in like the core. Like there's some yeah. weird edits in there. I like whatever it's, it is what it is, but you still like, there's plenty enough there that you can be like, Oh, that's upsetting to me. You know, like, and I, I think that's that you're absolutely right. Um, that is something that even though, there was a lot of self-imposed cuts by the studio as much as, you know, it comes, it comes out of this being like, maybe not, maybe not the, um, the vision that, uh, uh, Anderson had, but it's still pretty complete. Like I, you know, like it, warts and all, like I, I like there's all, there's other things here too, that we talk about, like, um, the, the CO2 scrubbers that's laid in earlier where like, Oh, this air is unbreathable. we got to bring them on the ship. So that becomes a whole big thing where, um, yeah. the, um, uh, uh, the Peters has to go and grab them. Right. And they, yeah. that sets up the thing there too. And then they, it's like, there's all these things laid in there. It's like, you know, there's a lot of reasons like why they're like, it gives you, it gives you enough to be like, Oh, this isn't as easy as get the hell out. Right. Cause especially whenever the whole Lucy Clark has like the rift and you got them fixing on the outside. It's like, this is going to take time. We have a, the clock is ticking. We have our set prerogatives and then we're starts to lose it. Like there, I don't know. Like I'm not like, this isn't a perfect film, but I have a hard time finding a lot of fault with it. I mean, everything you're saying about Weir's development. I agree with you. Oh, I'm not trying to fault the. No, film. no, 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 no. Like, like everything you're saying is like it, I, it happens fast. I agree with you, but in terms of what this film is trying to do and how it swings for the fences, I, I don't know what it is, man. I'm on board. I don't know what it is about space horror. Like I'm immediately locked in. Like this is like it's that weird specific genre, like the space badness, like Ren and Stimpy space madness. I am in. I don't know what it is. It just well, it, I think, it's my jam. I think like going back to like what I said of the un being the like the horror of the unknown, I think space works really well for that. It's almost like like I have I have this literal fear of um like thalassophobia because I don't know what's in the vastness of an ocean. You know, like yeah. I know from like, you know, a like a logical biological standpoint, like, you know, there's there's fish, there's jellyfish, there's turtles, but like there's so much stuff like lower and I know it's stupid to think like, Oh yeah, there's never going to be some type of like, you know, angler fish, the size of like, you know, a, a commuter bus that comes up and it's just like, <laughs> what's, going, what's going on up here? Oh, this dude, I'm going to eat, you know, but still yeah. there's who knows what the hell's down there. Um, I recently watched, uh, the hell is the name of the movie? Um, it's a Cthulhu myth- mythos going back to Lovecraft. 
um, kind of style movie with Kristen Stewart. And I Underwater? thought it was really good. Underwater. I've not seen that, but uh, yeah, I've heard I, good things about it. I mean, it didn't blow me away, but it kind of like I hate like it was kind of like one of those things. Like I've always been kind of like a chip on my shoulder about Kristen Stewart, but I was just like, ah, this was pretty good. Yeah. Like for what it was worth, like it didn't terrify me, but I thought it was a really good scary story about like, you know, like drilling like into like the Mariana trench. And it's like, there's some stuff down there and we probably never knew about it, but now we know about it. So how does that rate against like deep star six and Leviathan? I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, no, I definitely, I definitely recommend, uh, underwater. I watched it. It's been on my radar. I've just, I've not gotten, I've heard good things about it. It was kind of a quick movie, but like it definitely was like, you know, towards the end of the movie, I was like, Oh man, like, you know, but, but it's it's that fear of that unknown, like, yeah. and I think space. If you topple space on top of like opening a portal to another dimension, like, you know, I know like um, everybody wants everything to be sunshine and rainbows, where it's like, oh yeah, we met aliens. They're they're sentient and they love everyone too, like we do. It's like, I mean, if you think in the grand scheme of things of like how everything at least is on Earth, like you know, excluding like humans who have you know higher brain function i'm like you know if a, if an amoeboid or even like an insect was slightly your size i'm like you're just food yep. so well that's why like something like, this is this is not the same thing but like the andromeda strain where it's like oh this is a thing that's not like it's alien to us it just eats silicon and like it's a silicon based thing it just eats like all matter it's like it's not intelligent right it's like oh, yeah it's like the blob yeah, yeah the blob like, is yeah. just growing in amoeboid from space it's like it's not uh, uh, malevolent or anything like that it just just, is yeah it is it's like it's like i need food it's like to you know to like i don't think we put into perspective like that primal urge that affects so many things around us because we don't think that way it's like we just go to the grocery store you know we're we're never going to be like trying to take each other out to survive like and that's like probably a good like 80 percent of everything on this planet and to think like that, that that translates to space. Like, and then if we go to another dimension, why wouldn't it translate there? And we have no basis to like, you know, not to say that those people from the event horizon, like wherever it went was just like, yeah, we just need these people from food. Maybe it's something completely different. It's like, all we really do is we like walk the line between pleasure and pain. You yeah. like same thing with Hellraiser, like, you know how Clive Barker did. It's like, they, they, it's either they found one or a way the other to, to ferry, ferry more in, right? That yeah. Was the whole, yeah it, it's, it's like, it's yeah. either once you're here, the dial is at 11 on one end or the other, and we'll switch it whenever we want, which is just so, terrifying. It's like, like it's the whole, terrifying. The, the yeah. whole idea thought, that the, if it horizon yeah. needed a new crew because it ate through the other one, like it's, just, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, like, I mean just, the yeah. fact that they, that, that they shot that scene that was heavily edited and, and lost the fact that they that he took the second director and he's like, just go get a bunch of porn stars and amputees and do all this should tell you enough about like how he was trying to create a pure scene of like hedonism and chaos and pain. Mm-hmm. And it was like because I read a lot of the descriptions and I'm like, yeah, I could see how that would probably push an NC-17 rating. And the fact that they just gave you those flashes and those snippets it I think so it was better. much. It works. So it much was better, much. Yeah. It was much better because, like, I think back to, um, you know, it's funny. I think back to like Fight Club when uh, they do the whole bit about Tyler Durden doing the cigarette burns <laughs> yes. in the kids' movies with the <laughs> pornography, where it's like 
you're watching it and you see like one frame and it's like a flicker and that's what they did you if you watch the videos yeah. like where they show you what everything was happening with the crew and it's all the flicker like you could probably go through and pause it and slow-mo it but you see things where like people are pushing their hands down people's throats no, it's, and people it's, are it, eating parts of each other it's, and it's not like, dissimilar to the psycho shower scene where it's there's a lot of like oh no like there was some reverse shots of a knife being pulled away that they reversed in so it looked like it was pushing into the flesh and that it's like there's so much like and this is not the same thing because they showed that but there was everyone's like oh he stabbed that woman it's like that never happened in the shower scene but everybody saw that they saw the slaughter they saw the blood it never happened that way but our brains put it together right so that's yeah it's wonderful and terrifying well i think i think when directors can like have us can show us something to have our brains and that's i think that's what happened with with event horizon and in those certain snippets and things like that and then like you know you just see weir and what he becomes it's like okay he's like he's like the beginning stages of how it ended yeah and i think i often wonder if like if we actually saw like the byproduct like maybe they had that whole full video like would it make the movie better or worse I, I think it would be, I, 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 I agree. I think it would be worse because I, you're right. The, the whole, the terror it's of like, your mind is much scarier yeah. than the reality of what you're seeing. Right. And I think, I think that's why I say, I think inadvertently that movie became scarier because of the production problems. Um, same thing with like the thing. I think if we knew who the thing was at the end of the movie, it probably would not be as good of a movie. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for stumbling into that because, um, spoiler, um, Schmigadoon ends on a um, more ambiguous note. That's not the same thing. It's not body horror, but like Mary got really frustrated. She's like, I need to know. And I'm like, she doesn't like the thing because she doesn't know <laughs> what happened yeah. at the end of no, it. <laughs> my, my wife's like that too. Like, if she doesn't know the answer, I'm like, you just need to fill in the blank how you think. I, or, I think or just like- understand that the journey is like, the whole movie is like, we don't know. That's kind of the point. <laughs> you know, like there's some, there's something we watched. I feel like it's maybe squid game. There's something maybe that we watched recently. She's like, how do we know? She kept asking me all these questions. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't write it, but you're allowed to fill in what you want. And that's what makes it better. Oh, just, you know, just like, knowing, knowing your wife and how like, it's very, like she's very analytical. Oh, she's <laughs> extremely, she's extremely lawful in terms of, and you know why? Yeah, well, um, yes, I understand. But it's like the, the idea that she's like, I don't, what <laughs> the best the, I had an, I had a discussion with her a while ago about Dungeons and Dragons because I DM and she's like, I don't understand how you play because you're just you can decide whatever you do, what you want you to what you want to do because you're the DM. And I'm like, well, yes. yeah, she's That's like, the well, point. then you're not really playing. And I'm like, no, you are. She's like, but if you can just d- change the rules, then what's the point? And I'm like, well, no, the rules are there to help you get. Sh- oh, my God. We talked for hours on it. And I was just like. <laughs> I'm like no. you're ne- you're never gonna know. No, the, so, we got to the very the, la- the, the last couple minutes schmigadoon. Whenever like I could just tell what was about to happen, I started laughing. I was cackling like maniacally because I knew it was going to be that ambiguous ending. <laughs> like anyway, no, and even with this too, like like you know, like at the ending of this is like I, like I'm not I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of the fu ending sometimes for films. This works because it's trauma and it's guilt. You know, like and I think. The way this ends, it's like, we don't know for sure if it's the, the lingering effects of what happened or the person carrying it forward, which works for me immensely. 
You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, it's a good, like, Oh no, is it over? Is it not over for this person? That, that, that that's like the, the Ripley thing at the end of uh, alien going into aliens, right? With her, with her nightmares. It's like, you know, like, is this just in her head or is there unfinished business? I like the ending of this film still really works for me a great deal. Yeah. I feel I got a really good, uh, you know, alien vibe from the end of the movie. Uh, you know, when Stark wakes up, um, and uh, you know, but, um, well, especially the rescue crew coming in, it's like, yep, that's the beginning of aliens with like the smoke filled room with the laser. Like you could tell, you could tell where their bread was buttered making this film in terms of their influences. Yeah. Um, but I just, but either way, just, um, no, I just, I, I have a, like I, everything, everything you said about weir makes sense. Um, this isn't a perfect film, but like the reason I wanted to bring this to you is like one, I, I mentioned the top 10 things that list that clickbait list I looked at. And two, um, <laughs> I was thinking about this where we started recording. I remember when we first started working together and you're like, you know, you could rent movies and I grabbed like aliens and like the fly and the thing. And you're like, you know, you can rent new movies. I'm like, but I like these. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know, you don't need these. Like, you can Dude, get a new one. Right? I know it was funny because you're like, you could rent. I'm like, no, I wanted to watch these, right? So I feel like that was kind of where I was at. I remember that. I thought that was funny. But it's like, I always talk about like my top three like films. Like, it's a rotating list of like aliens, the fly, and the thing. And yeah. for whatever reason, the Venn Horizon is like in my top 10. I always forget about it, it though. Yeah, I agree. It's in my top 10. I always forget about it. But I, I went and saw Event Horizon when I was in high school at the theater with nice. two of my best friends. And I remember we we watched it and we left the theater and it was dark in the theater, obviously. And then it was dark when we left. And I literally felt embarrassed that I was scared of dark areas like the (laughs) shadows. Um, I remember like we went over. It was funny. Like I should bring this up to them. We went over. um, um, One of my buddies was over his girlfriend's house and we went over there and they were watching a movie and we were just, you know hanging out and it was you know they they had some lights on but it was like but we were literally the three of us were just standing near the light <laughs> unintentionally and they were like why are you guys huddled and we're like i don't know and i was like i remember looking at like a corner of the house and because jack like, Noseworthy talked about the dark it's I coming for us <laughs> i don't know and yeah in the dark and it's like yeah it's like you know just even some of that basic like oh. you know i went in there and was terrified and it's just the dark but like yeah, I don't know. Like, if you have a good imagination, that movie should terrify the hell out of you. Um, right. If you don't, it's probably not that good of a movie. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story. My mom told me that when she was younger and she saw the actress in the theater, it was in California, and they had these seats that you sit on that the speakers would come up around, like, by your head. And mm-hmm. she talked about how, like, the theater was two miles away from her house at the time. And they ran all the way home <laughs> after watching the exorcist. I feel like that was, that's probably one of those experiences. Like, yep, I'm good. I don't need this yeah. for a minute. You know, like, so I mean, I could, I could probably like reach out to them and I'd be like, you guys remember seeing event horizon? And they'd be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. like, Oh, I just, yeah, I just, you know, maybe this is one of those things where it works in spite of the pressures against it. You know, sometimes, Sometimes if you put like guardrails up, you get good. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like, like sometimes it comes out the other end. It's like, oh, this is better because of this. Right. So, um, I did want to mention that, um, that this, that, um, because Andrew, Paul W. Sanderson 
Mortal Kombat, which is not a good film, which I did see in the theater, <laughs> which no, is no, better no, no, than no, no. Street Hold Fighter. On. Wait, no, it's not. No, it's not good. It's fun. It's not good. Mortal Kombat is okay. Yes, that's fair, but it is way better and way more fun than Street Fighter. Yeah, which I saw both in the theater. I'll, I'll put. I'll say that. Um, I did. I. I yeah. am embar- not embarrassed. I guess I am embarrassed. I probably saw Mortal Kombat in the theater at least four to five times. Okay, well that's fair. But I remember seeing both. And because of the success of this, it um, spent three weeks uh, at the number one film in the U.S., earning 122 million versus a budget of 18. So that gave him the ability to choose his like next project, right? So it, he was going to do the film Soldier with Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's like, I need to bulk up, so they delayed it. And then he did Event Horizon, which was like, you know, all right. So that took 10 months to make, which is fast. Didn't do well. And so here's the one thing I'll put out here, because we, we we could talk about uh, Paul W. Anderson's like film output after. Oh, I really Resident don't have Evil movies. I don't. I've never seen any of those. I've never seen a single Resident Evil. To movie. To be fair, the guy got hooked up with Mila Jovovich. Yes, so he's probably not doing bad. So. I, yeah, the, credit to him. Good on good on him, right? Uh, Multi pass, but. Um, he, you know, I think this was the film that kind of broke him. Like, like, Oh, I'm just going to do whatever. I'm going to just make weird stuff and and maybe make money off of that. Right. So, um, here's the, here's the Kurt Russell saw event horizon, like before they were making soldier, they saw the quote, right? The quote, the quote here is great. He's like, forget about how the, what the movie's doing now in 15 years, it's a movie you're going to be glad that you made. Like that sums up this, right? It's like. I don't know what it is about like something like, like um, one of my favorite films of all time is the thing, which we're going to talk about here in like two months on the show. Cause we're doing a whole year of Carpenter thing right now. So we're going to get to the thing. You cannot, um, you cannot exclude me from that, by the way. Okay. You, I, come up you the know, thing? I love the thing. Okay. I just, I don't know. Like, you're, I know you're a rock star doing your thing now and you know, and, yeah. and, and I got to go back to Steve and apologize for you being on the show. I don't know. Yeah. Like you want to come I'll, up with the I'll, thing? I'll, I'll wrestle right. Steve at WrestleMania for, <laughs> Like, but, like winner, winner takes the thing spot or whatever it is, the, the spot on the show for, to talk oh, about the thing. We'll have you on for the dude, call the shot. We'll have it on. But like, I love the thing, right? And it's a film that didn't yeah. do well at the time, but it's got, gotten like more and more popular. So I don't know what it is about these films where it's like, oh, this is actually really, really good. But like, no one gives a shit at the time. I don't know what it is about Event Horizon. Like, um, I, I posted recently on on social media. I was like, I'm watching this, and uh, someone was like, "Is your first time?" I'm like, "Oh no, this is one of those VHS films I had on a loop, right? It was always, yeah. always on, like always on." And like, I, yeah, I love this. And Kurt Russell was right. He's like, "Give it, give it time." Like, mm-hmm. you know, my God, he was also like some Carpenter stuff. He's like, you know what? Big Trouble in Little China. Give it 15 years. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be a good thing That's later. True. He didn't, um, I don't know if he said that, but I think he meant that. Like I think that felt yeah. like you know, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Give 15 years. Um, yeah. No, it's true. Like I don't know how some of these movies just break out into like the cult favorites. Like you know, I could probably you know run through a list of like you know your your Donnie Darko's Boondock Saints like. Yeah, just movies. It's like they came out in the theater and people were like, I'm not going to go watch this shit. And then once on DVD, it's like you're at Blockbuster and you're just like, I can't keep I can't keep Donnie Darko on the shelf. Yeah. Like, what is so cool about it? Like, you know, but there's something I mean, there was maybe something taboo about like, oh, this is like this didn't do well. Maybe there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. Right. So but Um, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I feel I feel like maybe it maybe it finds that new life on the shelf. Because it's more accessible and it's not as like that's fair. Know, because expensive. you're going to go to the theater and spend your money to go see a movie. Maybe if you're like, yeah. I don't know about that. Like maybe maybe that's what it was. And also, 
knowing how rushed this was, maybe well, the marketing wasn't great. Cause I don't remember the marketing. I just remember watching this on V like on video and loving it. I remember the marketing. I remember the trailer, but like, um, but I mean like you remember dude, when we were schlepping, not schlepping, but when we were slanging DVDs and people would come up and they're like, how's this movie? And we'd be like, nah, you don't want to watch that. And then they bring something up and be like, that movie is amazing. Well, actually, nobody does. Nobody does that at the box office. That's you don't fair. walk up and I be th- like, I think our first interaction, um, our first interaction was I walked up with, um, fire with serenity and you're like, yeah. have you watched firefly? I'm like, yes. You're like, you're allowed to rent this. <laughs> I think that was one of our first interactions. It's like you deemed it worthy of me to rent serenity uh, after watching. Yeah. Firefly. Because you know what happened is before I worked at Lakewood, um, I worked in Fairview and I remember I had not seen, uh, Serenity and, um, or is the other way around Firefly? I, I had not seen Firefly and I rented Serenity because I was like, Oh cool. This looks like a fun sci-fi movie. And I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. And then I was like, Oh, there's a whole TV show. And then like in the first three episodes, I'm like watching it and like Alan Tudyk is in it. And I'm just like, Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> After the third episode, I was like, I, I like love Wash. Wash. Yeah, like, and I'm just like a tear like falls down my cheek. Like <laughs> He was like a leaf on the wind until he wasn't, you know, I'm like, a leaf on the wind. I could not have imagined if I had watched that whole season and I was in the theater and I would have been like Michael Scott, just like when that, that rat or uh, was it the ravagers when that thing comes yeah. through and I'd just be like, no, no God, no. Like, I just remember that you gave me like the, the Joe seal approval where it's like, I guess we're going to be friends now because you're like, have you yeah. seen this? I'm like, yes, I have. And you're like, here you go. Like, you know, like, and like, <laughs> and, and Battlestar, like Battlestar. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't remember who, I don't remember who got on the Battlestar train first. That was the conductor. It was you before me. I could tell you that much. Yeah. But I just remember, cause there was a lot of us at work when it was just like, man, you better rent these, rent them now. And I was like on the third season and I'm like, yeah. And it was one of those shows where it was like, I feel like it's kind of viral now with a lot of shows like that, where people start watching it. Like whether it's like, you know, you know, breaking bad or stranger things. It's like, as soon as like, and, and it doesn't even have to be somebody that likes, you know, drama or sci-fi. It's like, they're just good shows. And, you know, I think stranger things is a good example because mm-hmm. like, I mean, that thing's blown up and like how many people would watch something that was like, you know, so sci-fi horror, like set in the eighties, like, you know, 10 years ago where it was just like, Oh yeah, you should watch this. But like everyone loves that show, you know? So. No. So you're right. I think the shelf, the shelf life of the horizon, I mean, clearly look at the trivia. It did pick up. Right. But yeah, my God, if people have not watched this, check it out. Um, if you've not seen it recently, check it out. Like, I just, I don't know what it is, man. Like it's just, what it's just one of those things. It's like, it, this is the, like I mean, in top 10, it's like, I understand there's a lot of other, like, like, in terms of genre films, I mean, that's not even the right thing. It's like, I have my loves, right? It's like, this is up there. And I don't know why, I don't know why I haven't revisited it until recently because it's like, this is a film I should, I need to watch once a year. Cause I, I kind of, I, I kind of agree. Cause yeah. like, I think, God, man, I think I maybe watched it in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, at, well, it came out in 97. I think, okay. I take that back. Maybe prior to 20, 2005, I might've watched it. But I hadn't watched it since then. And there's been and, and I've always told people, you know, whenever I talk about horror movies, like 
there's a lot of people that watch horror movies and they watch them for different reasons. Me, a majority of scary movies I watch and I kind of think they're campy and I think they're funny and it's just like, oh, this is so easy to avoid. Every once in a while, there's like a gem that pulls out and it really gets psychologically um, ingrained in me that I get kind of like not scared of them. What's like like I don't I don't fall into the character's shoes as much as I can kind of like wrap my mind around like the story that's being told. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like it follows, I think is probably the last really good scary movie i saw um but event horizon has always been that um that original like aside from when i was like under the age of 12 and i watched some horror movies <laughs> and i was just scared because i was a damn kid you know yeah. like like but like event horizon i'll never forget going to the theater and sitting in the theater and being terrified because i was in the dark you know like usually we go to the theater to escape and be in the dark but like watching this movie, it was like, I don't want to be in the dark right now. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and and it wasn't the same as like watching something like like 13 Ghosts or um, oh yeah no House on Haunted Hill with like Liam Neeson or like a haunted type thing. Because I saw those all in the theater and it wasn't as scary. But like there was something about that Lovecraftian alternate dimension just what you possibly don't know about Hellraiser. Cause I feel like even Hellraiser had better rules than that would keep you safe. Cause you just don't, you know, just don't F with the box, you know, like <laughs> that's fair. Just, yeah. just leave the box alone. And, you know, and, and, you know, the, the whole scene with DJ is very Hellraiser like, and I heard it was way more graphic and extended, um, than what it was in the movie. But like, it, it just, there was something about it where it was just like, it preyed on your fears. There was just so many components that kept adding to that. Like, you know, like you don't know what this is. Where did it go? Is it a dimension or is it hell? Does it know what your fears are? And it's just like, damn, like it's just, it's kind of like, it reminds me of that black mirror episode where that video game just kept effing with that guy's head where it was just like, Oh, you're scared of spiders and you're also scared of your bully. Well, I combine them. Oh, you're scared of Alzheimer's? Well, you have it now. It just kept like constantly one-upping it. So I feel like that's how Event Horizon was for me when I when I first sat in the theater and saw it in the dark. And then I want to be near the dark after about you know three hours. So yeah, I agree that the dark is terrifying. I also think that this film um, it actually influenced a lot. So I don't want to get too far into it, but um, you you wouldn't have Dead Space without Event Horizon. And, That's true. Yeah. I remember when Dead Space came out, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I gotta play this because it's Event Horizon." Like, in 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 its own right, it was Event Horizon with like a little bit more alien, more goopy. like body yeah. horror. It was like the thing and Event Horizon. Oh, I, I played all three of those games, and like they, yeah. one and two is amazing. Three is a little not great, but I loved all the Dead yeah. Space games. I, I don't think I played three. I remember one and two. Like my yeah. most. Um, memorable moment from dead space i think it was dead space one there was a hallway that was kind of like a like a tetris shape like you kind of came in then you came around like did a dog leg and then then a long hallway did another dog leg but like there was like clearly some bio like goop covering a hole and i was like i like i remember walking up to it and i'm like something's gonna come out that hole and i'm like i'm 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 waiting for it and Credit to the game developers and the writers. I can't tell you how many times I went past that hole, like just with like my gun out, like, come on, I know you're in there. 
and nothing came out. And I was just like, all right, maybe it's just there to mess with me. And then the one time, I don't know what triggers it, but I went by. It's like, sure enough, something came out and grabbed me and slammed me against the wall. I'm like, oh, they got me. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit. I remember there was a room that I saw in the distance. There was like a, a shadow that was being weird. I'm like, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to load. I'm going to walk in quickly, like slowly and be quiet. And it turned out to be a wire that was just like dangling. Yeah. And I was angry. And then I turned around. There's a monster. So, yeah. But yeah. And I I know Resident Evil was really guilty of that, too. Like, I remember Resident Evil 2 in the um, the police precinct and you would go into the interrogation room and the like the the two way mirror and you'd go to the different rooms, like whatever, looking for the puzzle pieces or the key card or whatever, the crank. And um, uh like you'd always go into the room and you'd, you'd, you'd go back there multiple times and you'd see through the mirror, you'd just be like, there's nothing over there. There's nothing over there. And then like the one time you go in there, like you're just like, ah, I know there's nothing over there. And one of the dogs jumps through and, and it, I, I remember I threw my controller and I was just like, no, no. And it was like, uh, it was probably like, at, like post midnight. Like I probably shouldn't have been eating anything to turn into a gremlin. And I just like, through this controller and i was just like i had the lights off in my room and i just like stopped playing the game i was like oh that was a good jump scare they got me yeah. and yeah i remember the first so. the first dead space i was sitting in a, a living room with the lights off and um i remember playing it and then i moved and inadvertently moved my like my, my right foot was off the couch and i stepped on a, a black cat and i almost threw my control out the window like it was one of the, like, you know, it was one of those things I'm like, oh, screw you anyway. But yeah, we, I don't think we'd have dead space without event horizon. And I, I don't know, like I just, I space horror and just, I'm in, I'm in. And, um, and like, you know, we wouldn't have event horizon without aliens. So like, this is all my DNA, my horror DNA. And again, if people have not watched this, watch it. Um, and if you have not watched it recently, watch it again. That's all I, I don't know. Like, like, the, the conversation isn't as in depth in terms of like, there's these, th no, I just, I love this movie unabashedly. And I, I think it, it works. It works in spite of all the pressures against it. And sometimes maybe that's the better way to go, right? Like this is, it's lean and mean. What I'd like to see in the extended cut of this, I know some of the, like the, a lot of the footage is believe lost. Yeah. You know, uh, well, that was disturbing. Like I read a lot of the trivia yeah. and like stuff like, like, what was it? Like, five years ago like somebody was like hey we found a, a vhs like a yeah. vhs in budapest underneath <laughs> like a like a hobbit's like you know house and you know like we, we we bribed him with you know you know like to get it from him and like like paul anderson's like ah i'm doing resident evil stuff and i mean have you seen mila jovovich i don't have time to watch this basically <laughs> he was like I, I i don't know when i can view this and i'm like dude like like give us give us like what you had like you know give us a director's cut yeah, even, like, even mean, if it's like a a um like a shitty work print like let us see you know what i mean like i'm not saying yeah. like you know it's like um and it's this is not the same thing but like the assembly cut of alien 3 there are segments of that film that you could tell that they edited in like the the work print footage and it's not perfect but you get the vibe you know, that's all like, I'm not expecting perfection, but like, if you, if you have something out there that you want to tell your complete story, I'm down with that. That would be great. Yeah. And this is one of those movies I think that definitely, definitely kind of needs it. So, yeah. So, all right. So thumbs up, thumbs up for event horizon. Thank you for 
uh, want to talk about this. Um, and it's, it's a fun movie, and I just love it. I love it to death. And I need, I need to own a physical release. I actually don't own a Blu-ray of this. I need to go get one. You know, like um, I'm so bad about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get you one. Get me one. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, like I said, this is easily in one of my top ten. I also, when I mentioned my top three, which is you know the thing, uh, the um, aliens and the fly, Blade Runners in there too, the director's cut. I just there's like this like I just have this constant shifting like top five, right? And this this is in the top ten. It's not in like it's, I don't know. It's weird. Of all the films I've seen, Event Horizon still in my top ten, and I need I need to sing its praises more <laughs> often. Uh, more often, and I think this is a very approachable uh, horror film for people. And, um, yeah, watch it. Everybody watch it. Please, please, please watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any stock no. in it. So if you okay, don't watch great. it, I'm not mad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. I, I feel like it is one of those movies like, but then again, like I feel there's some people that can watch movies and you know, like they don't like the ambi- ambiguity, yeah, ambiguity, yeah. ambiguity, like we talked about. If you don't like that, don't watch it then. You know, like That's I feel fair. like yeah. that ad like if you do enjoy that, watch that movie because like I feel it's gonna do that. Um, regardless of how they decide to end the movie, because I know they shot three different versions of the ending. Yeah. So but yeah, if you don't like ambiguity, don't watch this. Don't watch Cube. Like that. That's another one's going to leave yeah, you. Yeah, Cube's another one. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's interesting because yeah. there's been so many movies that I watched. God, even even Squid Games was like I'm watching it. And I'm like, God, this is this has got cube fingerprints all over it, you know. So okay, so so yeah, thumbs up, uh, Event Horizon. Everybody should go check it out. Uh, that's going to do it for our discussion about Event Horizon. Uh, you guys can find us on uh, Facebook and Invasion of the Podcast. We have the blog that is uh, Dusty AF, as the kids say. Uh, there's a bunch of westerns, a bunch of uh, knockoff film uh, articles there, and some um, Year of Canon. Well, we have a whole Year of Canon there, too. Um, I, I did. Uh, I wrote about um, American Ninja in there, I think. I think I have some gifts of American Ninja in there, because that's a fun movie. I don't think we talked about it on the show. Because we talked about American Ninja 2, the confrontation eventually, I think we did. I watched half of that, and, um, like, I got what I needed out of it. Yeah, American Ninja 2 is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It is. Steve it's, James it's needed, probably, to, he needed to lead his own movies. I don't know why he was always a co-star. Who? Steve James. I think it's his name. Uh, the buddy. Uh, his buddy, right? Like, the, the buddy. Oh, the, the, the black guy? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, he led that movie, and yeah, it was like he needed his Michael own franchise. Dude, he Michael Dudikoff is yeah. like all over it, and I'm like, this dude has like eighty percent of the lines, which I'm not mad about, but I'm just like, and one hundred percent of the charisma. Yes. Yeah. Like, like the like like Michael Dudikoff, like even okay. So real quick, beach <laughs> fight, right? Like you know. <laughs> Yes, yes, I know the beach You know fight. what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Like, like, dude, like, bad guy is like, oh, I'm going to lead all the Marines to this remote beach, and then, like, we're going to, like, oh, the, the, the engine's broken on the boat. And then, like, Michael Dudikoff's the only one on the boat, and then he gets out, and then, like, five ninjas just come out on the beach like they're dancing. And I'm like, oh, my God, why, why are these ninjas doing this? And it's so ridiculous. And then, like, he fights a bunch of ninjas, and then, um... Uh, I can't remember the character's name. The black guy, Steve uh, James. He is James. Um, Sergeant um, oh, Sergeant something. But they're something, all they're yeah. they're milit they're Army Jackson their Sergeant Sergeant Jackson. Sergeant Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And like this dude's charisma level is like like at least a, at least an eight. 
Yes. You know, an eight to a ten. And like the way that he's fighting when he's just like like just the body language and he's talking shit to these ninjas, it's like and like Dudikoff is just phoning it in, like, oh, I caught your net. Meanwhile, this guy's just like doing like these like taunts, like these like Luke Cage, like, come on. And I'm like, oh, oh he like, would have been such a great power man, Luke Cage. My God, that would have been amazing. He and you could have, have, you could have made Dudikoff as Iron Fist. It would have been fine. Uh, would have been I'm so okay. mad. Like watching that movie, I'm like, why is Dudikoff like, uh, like, anyway. He, he just, you know, he was okay, but he wasn't great. I, no, I will say that. Okay. Yeah, he was okay. He, like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> he probably had, like, it was the 80s, so he couldn't have an earpiece oh, to, like, have them fair. feed lines to uh, him. I'm sorry. I, know, I know you called sorry, your shot I'm for the thing. over Dudikoff. I, I know you called your shot for the thing. Uh, can, we, can we have you on? I know you called your shot for the thing. Can we have you on for Ninja 3, The Possession, at some point? Where I feel is. like I have to watch all three ninjas, though. No, but no, you don't. You don't. It's the one. <laughs> it's the one where um, a fitness model or fitness instructor, aerobics instructor, gets possessed by a ninja and attacks people. Like it's it, you don't have to watch other two. So I'm just saying. You. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. It Do is. Do I need to watch the other 83 Wonder Women? <laughs> no, you don't hit the one. <laughs> no. Um, like we, we should like we should do a year canon edition again and have you on for Ninja Three: The Possession. I think you would really appreciate that film. But yeah, we'll have you on for the thing. But yeah, uh, America, Dudikoff was okay. He wasn't perfect. It's just you're giving him way more credit than I am. Fair enough. Um, but but those movies weirdly for for canon films they kind of punch above their weight for what they are, which is not typical of canon films. Like they ha- there there is a lot more joy there. Than, than some of that garbage they put out. I'll say that. So maybe I'm more forgiving of him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, there's there's blogs up there. You guys check it out on Vage the Podcast. Uh, yeah, like wherever you get your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and also, I'm going to throw out here for Steve because he is not here right now, but uh, you guys should check out his uh, book that he does with his partner, Ryan Cassandy, The Science Slasher. It is thescienceslasher.com. And also, um, his Etsy store, it is Art of the Slash. I'm sure it's probably still on vacation right now because he's still in the process of moving. But if you'd like to buy one of his books, and you should, um, if you can't do his Etsy store, um, just talk to him directly. I'm sure he will sell it to you in an alley and be very questionable about it. I'm kidding. But support Steve because he does great things. Where's he moving to? Well, no, he has moved. I'm just saying he's in the process of unpacking. Thought he was moving back. Was no, like, no, it's like I, I can't fault him for his his unpacking because I'm in my house and I, it's been two years and I still have shit in boxes. So whatever. You, anyway, you should unpack by now. <laughs> I should, but all right. Anyway, um, let's just get on to uh, the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Ah. <laughs> oh. I know it's, song. it's been two weeks since uh, Trips. since Trips is uh, retired. Oh, Trips is retired. That was heartbreaking, man. Not watch, not so much watching it at Mania, but just when you heard, like your mom's like, "Oh my god, this this guy could have died." Like, yeah, well, at least he's and al- then, at least he's alive. To, like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, yeah, but just, but it sucks, but right? NXT like, yeah. is NXT is gone. Yep, it's not it's great, gone. and they got he's, taken away from him. So whatever, yeah, yeah. not good. It, it, and clearly. Clearly, you can tell his influence on NXT after he's been gone. So. Yeah, I mean, it's all about um, like uh, beefy, beefy boys and girls and sex, Be- and you know the hunky boys and the fucking solo cups. I'm sorry, I just got that from. 
Um, I don't understand. I don't understand the color scheme anymore. No, Why is no. it just this It looks crazy... like someone chewed crayons and spit on it. I oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I dropped that F-bomb. That's fine. I will go back and fix it. It's fine. So That's how passionate I am about how bad <laughs> NXT's gotten. Oh, it looks like it's just like someone's like, hey, what if bleh, and they, just, they spit crayons all over? It's 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 not great. So, yeah. And then they're yeah. like, hey, hey, was uh, it Buff Bagwell's kid? Like, like, how about you wear the no. same? Like, no, like Ron Breaker is a Steiner's kid. He's a Steiner. Steiner's yeah. kid. He's a Steiner. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, how about you wear the same crazy color scheme? Like, we just we just had like an eight year old draw this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like what if like Gap Kids made your singlet? Like you yeah. went from like like this prestigious boutique wrestling like production with Mauro Ronaldo talking about how good the black and gold brand is to like I don't even know who the hell is on it with just like we've got every color here. Like Yeah, not great. <sighs> not great. Yeah. So Sorry. No, it's okay. It's just, it is frustrating, right? So, because NXT used to be. Like how you told me you're like, watch your language. And I'm like, I never say anything bad. <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> what. Like, I was I just like, made it. You know, no, you, you, <laughs> you knew, the, you, you know the expectation, whatever. I'll, I'll bleep it out. So, and that was a rightful F bomb, right? So that's fine. So, was it? Yeah. It was like, write in, tell us how much you hate NXT now, everyone. Or, or should I just be um, lazy and be like, you know what? PG 13s have one F bomb yeah. per movie. Yeah. Apple, look for it. <laughs> See if you can find that one. Yeah. Who's, oh. who's in charge of scanning like what okay, 300 fine. plus episodes? Uh, you know what? I'll I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a judgment. I'll I let just, it stand. <laughs> I just I just imagine like some dude at a desk with like some headphones on and like he's just like like drowsy falling asleep and he hears one f bomb and he just like rips a paper off a printer. He's like, I found one. He, he stands he's up. Like, he was dressed as the chair, right? He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like we got, we, we got, got him. We, we got, got him. someone that broke the protocol. <laughs> All right. So, okay, anyway. fine, fine. Right. Um, I, I've gotten a little bit more loose with my uh, allowing of f bombs because it's easier to let it than edit it out. It's so PG thirteen. I mean, like, like, look at like, uh, what is it? Uh, like, um, hot rod when they use the one f. Yeah, the one f bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my porch. Yeah, get off get off <laughs> okay. my lawn. Thank you. Get off my porch. Yeah, so. Okay. All right, fine, fine. You, uh, the El Goro, and Steve, every so often, you guys are, you know, you guys that you have the golden ticket. So congratulations. So I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise my golden ticket now, at least once an episode, just so you know. <laughs> I want that in my fine. contract. Fine, it's in your I contract. One, yeah, yeah. You get one one, one F bomb. And I might sneak it in. I might discuss it beforehand. You're gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it up so I drop two the next yeah. time. <laughs> it could be, it could be unimpactful, like in Free Guy when he's like, "Good morning, Goldie." It's like, oh. is that? Sorry. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so. all right. So, so the game here, I gotta, I gotta, gotta get this in here. Nacho, Nacho man, I want to be. I'm not Joe, man. So I don't have the nacho hat anymore, which we talked about before we start recording. But I have, I have a hat. I have my Iron Man hat, and so I'm gonna. I'm, I have 16 names in this hat. I'm, I think I'm go. I I may not. It's still in the air if I'm going to the game on Friday. If I do, I'm gonna get a nacho hat for you. I will take a Guardians nacho hat. That's fine. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. That would be great. Um, so, so here we just talked about event horizon and it going to hell. So I have 16 different devils in this hat. So we're going to pull two at a time and you're going to tell me we're going to get through this uh, bracket style. 
okay. about which is the better, the best devil, right? So, I mean, wait, is this like a actors that play the devil, or is this like a Dungeons and Dragons monster manual, like Barb Devil, a Batazoo? No, you're going to find out. Like, okay. let me. Like, so, I, I got two already here. So, here we go. So, bear with me. <laughs> this could go real bad, real fast. Um, okay. So, I have uh, Lucifer that was played by Peter Stormare and Constantine. So mm. that's a devil, right? Yeah, fan of that. Yeah, all right. And then the next one I have here is um, the Dirt Devil Handvac. Oh, Lucifer, uh, Constantine. Really? I mean, the Dirt Devil, you know, it does I a good job. I love that guy's portrayal of Constantine. Okay. I also love the fact that, like, if you go back to John Wick 2, he's, like, in the beginning of John Wick 2, and it's, like, it's almost like Constantine versus the devil again. <laughs> Fair enough. But so you don't have any feelings about the Dirt Devil Handvac? You don't have any? Okay. Yeah, it's it's a piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, the Dirt Devil was, like, marketed in, like, what, the 90s to just be, like, you can use your hand to, like, clean your steps. Like, yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, okay. And then, like, Dyson came along, and it was, like, <laughs> you're, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. So, Peter Stormare goes on to the next round. Yes. All right. So, what do, we, what do we have here? Next one is, all right. I mean, if you already understand that I'm using a hand back as a devil, you understand that, that we've gotten quite silly. So, all right. So, uh, robot devil from Futurama, mm. robot devil versus what do I have here? It is, uh, Taz, the Tasmanian devil. Hmm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Taz. Oh, versus the robot devil. Yes. Um, I feel like, and the robot devil's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's Dan Castanella, you know, Homer Simpson. Yeah. Nacho hat. I know. I mean, I feel like maybe you should probably give him some credit because he's in the nacho hat, but how many people have robot devil tattoos on their calf? <laughs> How many people um, had uh, Chicago Bulls jerseys or whatever it was with the with Taz, yeah. right? And 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 then on top of that, like the Robot Devil is just kind of like more of an inconvenience where it's just like if Taz starts spinning, you're just like, oh, you need to back up. Like it's just. <laughs> and also, I think everybody's capable of a good Taz impersonation. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. like like nobody's. Like the robot devil probably just giggles and he might screw you over, but just like as soon as you hear like you know that like gibberish and then like the saliva <laughs> flying everywhere and then like yeah, you hear the yeah. wind up, you're just like, oh, there goes my SUV. <laughs> it's like one, 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 and it's just like yeah. just whatever. It doesn't even matter the the structure. It's he just. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so Taz is more problematic, so I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. So, all right, I now have Darkness from Legend. That's Tim Curry. Okay, and Ned Flanders as the Devil. Um, I would have thought it was funny if you said Darkness, Charlie Murphy. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think I'm going to give it to Tim Curry, just maybe a little on sympathy, because I love Tim Curry, and I feel bad that. Yeah, well, now, but He's, also him wearing that whole um, horn thing, like yeah. it just it, it just worked his neck over. He actually had to have like a hook on the back of his head, to, like between takes, to be able yeah, to. I feel I feel like they probably could have made like a little bit better, like like horn, like something like a little more lighter. I don't yeah. know what material they used. So you're not about Ned Flanders of the Devil um, trying to tempt Homer to sell his soul for nah. a donut? Okay, nah. I know I'm like totally 
crapping all over the uh, the nacho hat. <laughs> You're crapping all over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like Dan Castanella, Flanders. I'm like, let's just get all these guys out yeah. of here. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Tim Curry. Or Charlie Murphy. Right. No, fair that. enough. All right, I just dropped one, so one second. All right, here we go. Uh, all right, so we got the next pairing here is... Um, <laughs> this is not intended. Uh, Taco Bell Diablo sauce mm. or deviled eggs. Uh, I don't remember Diablo sauce, but I am not a fan of the Di- uh, deviled eggs, so I'm going to go with Diablo sauce. All right, it's still available. You can you can order Diablo sauce. I have not had it because I'm a wuss. My 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 ability to have heat like burning is upsetting to me. Like I like flavor, but just like oh, I'm just going to like n- like melt your soul. I'm not good. I'm not good with like I don't, I'm not a big fan of like that kind of that kind of heat. So all right, next next pairing we have here is uh, Satan from South Park uh, and John Milton, aka Al Pacino from The Devil's Advocate. Uh, I'm gonna go with Satan from South Park. <laughs> all right. Yeah, sorry, Pacino. Hooyah! Is Satan's gone through a lot of stuff in South Park. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, Saddam like, has put him through the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that they've actually kind of given Satan like an arc, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's the funniest part. All right. Next one we have here is, all right, Mr. Lucius Needful from uh, Rick and Morty, played by Alfred Molina. And but the, you're not going to get this one. Dave Grohl as Satan from the Pick of Destiny. Um, he plays Satan later. Spoiler. Uh, let's go with Alfred Molina, just because that was a good episode. And um, Doctor Octopus. Can't. Yeah, I just I my that's one of my favorite episodes of Rick and Morty. I love uh the the Mister was it Mister Needful or whatever it is and like now uh, Rick goes through and uh, the, was it Curse Curse Purge Plus or whatever it was yeah. called yeah all right next thing we have here is oh I said Dave Grohl already we're kicking him out all right what we have here we have Devil's Food Cake and um what do we have here it is the Super Devil from Family Guy if you remember that was from early early season. Uh, episode they talked about how like there was like the, they was a, um there was a whole thing about the news report about how there was the devil and then there was a, supposedly a super devil mm. he was riding a motorcycle and whatever i don't know if I remember that joke or not but it was uh i don't remember that joke no. um and i do like devil's food cake so i'm gonna go with that okay devil's food cake it is all right yeah. so all right last of the first round we have i'll, I'll wait to say this this i'm gonna add a complication here this will this will make you uh, tickled. All right, so we have Mephisto mm. versus Diablo from Diablo. The the you know, Ooh. but but it's mini Diablo. It's the pet Diablo wow. that you got from World of Warcraft because because I know you had mini Diablo. So is it a small Diablo is, the mini Lord of Terror? Okay. Can I ask a Can I ask one question? Yes. Is um, mini Diablo lightning enhanced? <laughs> <laughs> um i don't understand uh the question but um a yes or no will suffice <laughs> no he's not lightning enhanced is that one of the one of the the um, yeah, yeah so like in diablo 2 um like certain monsters or bosses like not like main bosses but like um uh 
they would be lightning enhanced, which means if you struck them, they would create like a lightning static charge that like skittered across the ground. Oh, yeah. And it did so much damage and you couldn't avoid it. Like it would just randomly just like skitter everywhere. Well, and can, if you didn't you, have your yeah. lightning resistance up, they would kill you in a heartbeat. I've not finished act one of Diablo two on PlayStation because like whatever I'm at, like I think it's chapter, this not chapter. Two. This is, this is two. two. No, but Diablo yeah. two was released, released for PlayStation four recently. Right. Yeah. So, um, I've not gotten oh, through chapter one yeah. and it was like, cause there's a bit where it's like, I just, I'm playing, <laughs> um, a paladin and I just can't every time it's, I just keep dying and I got frustrated cause it's Diablo two. Cause that's what happens. So anyway. when you got to whatever it was, nightmare hell level, um, if you ran across any, any gold, gold plated named character, like a, whatever it was like a boss or, and if it said lightning enhanced, you literally like poured it away, went back to town, got all your lightning resist, put it on. It didn't matter how much it screwed up your build, and you went and <laughs> fought that thing. And back in the day, like the whole community called them lebs, lebs, and it stood for lightning enchanted bitches. And you avoided lebs like nothing else. So fair enough. So that's, this mini Diablo. That's, that's as, the context behind that. As a but pet, I'm go with, he wasn't go lightning with, enhanced. So. I'm going to go with mini Diablo cause he's adorable. <laughs> and, um, I have, I he's one of my, he's one of my pets in world of Warcraft. And yeah. if I'm running around, it's one of the rare gets pets, a little feisty, right? yeah. he will shoot a torrent of flame in the air. He gets so angry and too. When you, when you walk where's around Mephisto? with him. Everybody on the internet claims to know that Mephisto is in every current Marvel movie, TV show, lunchbox, comic book. <laughs> is he, you don't know speculate more <laughs> so yeah i just i knew Maybe that diablo if, if i said diablo you'd be like like i knew that was going to be the, the clear-cut diablo i think mexican chicken well no but no no but i but i also knew that if i mentioned it from the, the game series that diablo you know, in full would win but i i i did the, I, I pulled the whole like do you remember um all the super fans skit from snl with the bears where it was like uh, they just talk about, it's like, who, who would win in a match? Like, you know, um, God versus the bears. And they're like, oh, but it's like the so bears. The bears are the bears led by Dicka. Yeah, but he's a mini Dicka. And it's like, uh, mini, I don't know. Uh, uh, bears 43, God 42. You know, like, yeah. I feel like it was always <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. But it's the like super, the bears super versus, yeah, any versus a tornado. Guys. Sorry, versus a hurricane. But the hurricane's named Dicka. Like, like, it's like, oh, bears 35, hurricane Dicka 34. I feel like the Bill Brasky skit was probably like. <laughs> it evolved like, from that. Yeah. Evolved from that. Yeah. But I just remember like, it was like, you know, but it was like the bears with the mini Dicka versus God. I remember that. So I don't know why. So I thought, it's like, you know what? We got to do a mini Diablo. All right. So. Mm, yeah. Next yeah. round. Let me like, shuffle this up here. Where are we at? It is, um, it is uh, Lucius Needful versus um, Devil Foods. <clears throat> Devil's Food Cake. Mm, that's a tough one. Um, let's go with the food cake. All right. Surprising, but okay. I like it because he was a dick to summer. I get it. So there you go. Um, all right. Uh, next thing we have uh, robot devil. Wait, no, you picked, you didn't pick robot devil. No, I didn't. Oh no. Oh no. Where, oh, am I picking the wrong things? Oh no. I messed it all up. All right. Uh, <sighs> uh, one second. You should have put guacamole on this. Yeah. All right. No, we, no, you, um, oh no. 
All right, where are we at here? The devil has gotten involved here, clearly. <laughs> did I mess all this up? No, I didn't mess all this up. Maybe I did. All right. Here. You picked Tasmanian Devil. I did. Lucius, uh, Lu- sorry, Lucifer from um, Constantine. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. You picked um, some of this. Oh, no, I messed all this up. All right. Let's see what else we have here. Man, beer is a hell of a thing. Me and Diablo. Um, yeah. First, yeah, you picked them. You picked uh, the dirt. The dirt devil. You didn't pick the dirt devil. No. Oh I didn't. no. He's All right. This is complete collapsing here. I uh, messed up my piles here. So darkness. Did you pick darkness? You picked darkness. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you I did picked, pick uh, Diablo sauce from Taco Bell. Um, I did. Yep. And you picked um, South Park Satan. Um, yep. All right. And what else we have here? Um, let me roll through this real quick. Super devil. No. Deviled eggs. Nope. Deviled eggs. Dead Flanders of the Devil, no. Nope. Dirt Devil, no. No. Um, Devil's Food Cake, you did. Uh-huh. Lucius, you picked. Needful, right? No, you did not pick Lucius. Well, you did originally. Uh, John Milton as um, the Devil's Advocate. Did you pick him? No. Okay. All right, let's try this again. Oh, my gosh. this I'm a hack and a fraud. All right, here we go. I kind of I kind of want to blame it on the Tony Stark hat. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. So we have we have Darkness versus um, Taz, the Tasmanian Devil. Taz. All right. I'm gonna move this over here, and then all right, here we go. All right, we have um, Mini Diablo, no no electricity versus Devil's Food Cake. Mini Diablo. Mini Diablo. All right, move that over here. All right, we have um, Taco Bell Diablo sauce versus uh, Lucius, uh, Mr. Lucius Needful. Hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I like the thought going on here. Hmm. I don't, I think I'm going to give it to Lucius because I don't remember. All right. So, uh, look, let me let me preface this by saying I had Taco Bell today for dinner. <laughs> but and no I Diablo ordered, sauce? I, I requested fire sauce because I didn't think about Diablo sauce. But now I'm going to start requesting Diablo sauce. So I'm going to say still say Lucius. Okay. Well, you're still stronger than me because I can't have anything other than mild because I'm a, I'm a mild bitch. All right. So last so, one we have here. Sorry, speaking go ahead. Speaking of hot foods, I'm going to tell a quick story. So we went to uh, the Saxonheim. In, on Denison, which is a, I guess like a, a hall. I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever been to Saxonheim? No, I have not. Um, I recommend going there. Like it was built in the probably the sixties or the seventies, and it definitely has a very, like imagine, I guess like a hall combined with like a, it smells like a bowling alley. They have several rooms that they can have parties in. Anyway, they have a bar area. They always have German beers on tap. We like German beer. Um, and uh, they have like really good price, different food nights. Like like last night was like wing night. We have taco night on Tuesday. Um, but I had some Cajun wings that were the hottest Cajun wings I'd ever had. And I remember eating them. And like we were talking to the bartender. And there's a skit on SNL where Maya Rudolph does hot wings <laughs> as Beyonce. Yes. 
And Paul knows what I'm talking yes. about. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm getting to the end of this story so you can understand <laughs> where we are. And I'm like eating these wings and I had like six of them and I only ate four and I'm drinking this water and I'm like, Paul oh. and, uh, like I get to the end of my wings and he's like, you want a box? You want to, I'm like, no, I'm like, these, these are hot. And he's just like, oh yeah. I'm like, you could have just got some on the side or blah, blah. And, uh, like my wife tried some and she's like, yeah, they were hot. And I'm like, my lips are burning. And, uh, and I think my wife was the one that said like, yeah, I, I thought I had to take my wig off. <laughs> and like the bartender started cracking up and he's like, I've never heard that. And then we're like, oh, we got to explain it. So like, there's a skit on SNL. Yeah. Basically, Maya Rudolph plays Beyonce and she's on Hot Ones. And then, like, she's like, oh, I can handle it. I can handle it. And then, like, she gets to, like, the second wing and she's just drenched in sweat. And she's like, she's like, oh, like, this is going to make me take my wig off. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so now anytime either of us eat anything hot, we're like, oh, my God, I got to take my wig off. So, anyway. oh, there was, it was years ago. Uh, Mary and I were in Detroit um, the, to, we had to go to a particular uh, shop for something and we were up there like, and there was somebody that had like food and there was somebody that had a, uh, 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 Caribbean jerk chicken. I'm like, I'll try that. And I think I died. I think, I think I died. I think my soul left my body cause I was eating. I'm like, this is okay. And I was like trying to buy bottles of water. The guy was like, no, just take them. Cause I know what you ordered. I'm like, well, thank you. Kind sir. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause he um, must've looked at me. Um, he was like, Oh no. Like you, <laughs> you, the years ago, years ago on the show, you asked me to watch street, tr street trash. I think I was becoming that mm. puddle of like a colorful goo in, in that restaurant. Cause yes. of the heat. I just couldn't street handle trash. it. I think oh my I was becoming street trash. He's like, no, no um, it's fine. I'm not going to charge you for the water. I'm like, Oh, thank you. You're patron I'm saint of water. I'm not a big hot sauce guy. Oh. And like the only other time we use that description, um, we were in New Orleans, uh, like off of, like not off, not, like not on Bourbon Street, but a block over. And there's this place called the Pepper Palace, and it was literally just like a hot sauce store. And they had like you know samples, and you know they had ice, like almost like free ice cream and and water, because like, you know you're in there sampling everything. You got to like you know, kind of tone it down. And um, <clears throat> I remember like walking around and like. Uh, there was like this salsa like my wife ate and she's just like, you know, like, like kind of fanning herself. I'm like, you okay? She's like, oh my God. I'm like, are you going to take your wig off? <laughs> she's like, she's up. So like watch that skit. Look for it. Like, like Beyonce hot ones, my yeah, Rudolph. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And, um, if you ever eat anything hot again, you're going to tell someone you're like, oh my God, I can take my wig off. <laughs> All right. So, all right. So we got, um, I got, okay. Just a few more to go here. Um, yeah, we'll start, I think yeah. it's really, I think it's really funny that, um, I'm like, for sure. I was like, we're not gonna go three hours. We're almost at three hours. All right. So we got, uh, Lucifer. Welcome Joe. Like, welcome to the infection that is invasion of the podcast. So we have Lucifer, Peter Stormare versus, um, South Park, Satan, uh, Peter Stormare. Okay. There we go. So we got our final four. Let me mix this up. Cause I'm not going to mess this up again. Who knows? All right, so we have, all right, we have Mini Diablo, not lighting enhanced, versus Taz the Tasmanian Devil. Mm. Shit. <laughs> <sighs> mm. 
What if they're both lightning enhanced? Maybe. If they are, they cancel each other out, right? No. No, I think. Uh, all right, so you got to tell me if they are or they aren't lightning enhanced. No, they're Pick not. One. I'm just going to say no. I, I, I'm doing a hard line no. <laughs> all right, no, mini Diablo. Okay. Yes, right, right. Taz. Wait, okay, wait. So Taz moves on? No. If Mini Diablo moves not, on. If both are lightning enhanced, Taz. If they are not lightning enhanced, Mini Diablo. All right, Mini Diablo moves because they're not. So all right, here we go. But I want I want everybody to know that because <laughs> if Taz, the Tasmanian Devil, was lightning enhanced, that would be the the end of days. Like <laughs> it, well, because I think of. Um, do you remember Twilight Zone the movie? Whenever the kid calls in. Um, like what he's just being like it's the good life segment where he like calls in like the oh like basically Taz but it's a fucking, oh Jesus I uh, I swore too um, look at us PG thirteen it was like the lightning version of that it was terrifying to me um, yeah um, I don't know like I don't remember that but sure I w- I urge you to play Diablo two with lightning enhanced no like, I, I I need to finish the regular and, thing on regular and, first and, before and, I do that and I want you to think about it in the context of the Tasmanian devil <laughs> and then I want you to be like yeah if a tiny little Diablo who just followed you around and wow was like oh he's so cute oh he could electrocute a few people you'd be like yeah Tasmanian devil but if they weren't lightning enhanced I would pick uh, little Diablo, because I can't tell you how many times I, I like ran that. Around. I like that you've changed from a Diablo to a little L I L Diablo. L-I-L. I like that. Yeah, it's that's great. So, all did right, I ever so. tell you about? Did I ever tell you about like one of my pets, like in WoW, that you got that um that I think it was a toy in your um your collection where it was like give a crab a knife. <laughs> no, I never no, told you about that. No. So I made a goblin hunter. <clears throat> and my goblin hunter's name was Osborne because I was trying to be clever like Green Goblin. And um, I don't remember why I rolled him up just for, you know, shits and giggles. But I was running around doing a dungeon and I kept the, the original crab from the starting zone because goblins got a crab. And I was like, oh, cool. I can use it. Give a crab a knife. And like the crab had a knife. And I remember running around and somebody's like, like I was doing a dungeon with a bunch of people and they're like, dude, like, why does your crab have a knife? I'm like, I have no idea where he got that from. And I am not about to try to take it away from him. And everyone was just like, I, I literally got three like LOLs and I was like, I'm so proud of that joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, love, I love um like the ridiculousness of the game. Right? Yeah, like, I don't but, know. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. That's but fun. yeah. If you have mini Diablo as a pet and you're just idle, he will legit, shoot a torrent of flame taller than you up in the air. Like that's every. funny. I also remember the creepy crate. If you let it around, it would just eat uh, critters and just like, it would just like be like, Oh, there's a bunny. I guess it's gone now. It was funny. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Cause it was I'm dumb. glad they had critter interaction. On yeah. That. Cause but, it yeah. was, it was kind of like right. what we so, call like the, 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 um, the treasure boxes in D and D that were like the mimics. That's oh, how yeah. the creepy crate would work. So, all right. So yep. the last two I have here for you before okay. we get into the final, final round, because I, I think I, maybe I messed this up. Uh, Lucius, uh, Lucius Needful versus uh, Peter Stormare's Lucifer. Peter Stormare. Okay. All right. So we got this final round. Here we go. After I promised it wouldn't go three hours, 
<laughs> Here we go. So we got uh, Peter Stormare's Lucifer versus Mini Diablo. The thing, the thing I didn't think was going to happen. I was trying to stack the deck against the Mini Diablo. He's so cute. Um, <laughs> I know where your I know where your passions lie. I know. And then again, and then, and then Diablo three. He somehow got boobs, and it was confusing. Um, I. Uh, Oof, this is tough because I love Diablo so much. Um, and like Minnie, he's even cuter. Not that he's cute when he's like full grown, but uh, but to, Peter Stromer is probably one of my favorite Lucifers in all of uh, cinema. The yeah. other, the only other second Lucifer, which I'm not disappointed, but I wish you would have thrown in there was Gabriel Bryan. As oh, I Lucifer almost did. In, I almost did him uh, from End of Days. Days. I almost did him, yeah. Because um, it was a very, uh, I don't know. I think Lucifer's an interesting character, and like, um, I remember watching. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, the show. The show was called Lucifer, wasn't it? That British dude. Oh, you know, that's what was on Fox too, right? And they actually ended yeah, up going, and they got yeah. picked up by the Netflix yeah, or something. Netflix, yeah. I had a hard time getting into that because I'm like, eh, I don't know, but like, like I, I don't know, like Peter Stromer has always been my favorite Lucifer, um, and he's only had he only had like what ten minutes of screen time or something like that. Um, oof. I mean, my favorite uh, TV Satan is uh, Ray Wise from uh, Reaper. That was a fun show, but I like him. But yeah, anyway. So oh oh, who played that guy? Um, Ray Wise that played Ray Wise. Yeah. Did he play? And didn't he? Wasn't he the? Um, was he an American Horror Story? Probably. I know, I've never watched any of that. But yeah, he anyway. was in a he was in a Swamp Thing at RoboCop. Like it's just I love Ray Wise, but he was such a good devil. Like he was so good. Yeah. I gotta look him up on that second. Yeah. I think it's the he, he he's very he looks like Neil Adams. Like <laughs> when you see him, you're like, oh shit, that's Neil Adams. It's like, no, nah, that's very wise. He does look like Neil Adams. <laughs> wow. No, that is good. He's got a good Lucifer oh, face. He, like I, I don't know if you ever watched Reaper as a series, but it was like it ended because like, there was a whole lot of things of why it got canceled, but it was so much fun and he was a good Satan in that. So so yeah. Um where are we at? Um Peter Stormare or Mini Diablo? I got to give it to my boy Dibbles. I got to go with Mini Diablo. <laughs> oh, why did I even? I knew, I knew, I knew. Even adding the qualifier and making him small, I just knew. I, I knew where we were going to go. With I that. think he would have. He would have won if he wasn't small. Like how taste your fear? You can't. Well, no, no. Taste if if, if I made him, <laughs> if I made him super big. That, like easy, right? Like he would be super easy to be the winner. But I was like, if I made him tiny, maybe there'd be some doubt. But I should. But I like better. watching him run because he's tiny. If you run and wow, <laughs> and he tries to follow you, and yeah. I keep going back to wow because like if you had the collector's edition from the original World of Warcraft in twenty in two thousand five, uh, you got a Zergling, uh, you got Mini Diablo, and I think you got a Mini Thor from Starcraft. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. But all that mattered was you had a Zergling and a Diablo. Yeah. And the Diablo was really tiny. And that dude could run. Yeah. Because he had to keep up with you. Yeah, he was like his legs were size. so short and it was all pitter-patter. Yeah. You know, like, there you go. Yeah. But if you just stood there and he was out and you didn't do anything, like, I don't know, like, if you weren't in combat or if you were just talking to people, 
he would literally like do this like huff and puff thing and he would shoot a torrent of flame into the sky that was taller than you and you would just be like dude you okay he's like, like he's like you, anger from inside out he's yes, like black that's, from, that's yeah. a good example yeah. like i but i'd always keep him out prior to the pet battle the pokemon thing yeah i'd always like be like oh i gotta run with mini diablo um, <laughs> i just like that his title was uh diablo mini lord of terror i think <laughs> what it was <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like the thing. And then, like, like they, like you know, going into Heroes of Storm, like some of the lines they put in for him, just like making him a little bit more comical, like you know, like how taste your fear, and like like Rainer's, like you can't taste fear, like the hell's are matter with you. Like, <laughs> so uh, of course, yeah. of course, I've known Joe for years. Of course, he's going to go with the Diablo for the best. Yeah, doubles. yeah, I just should have known better. You know, I thought the Dirt Devil but back would have done well. Peter Stormare's Lucifer was probably my favorite Lucifer in movies of all time. Yeah, like, he's good. I, he's really good. Yeah, like like I know Keanu Reeves has said like he loved playing Constantine, and I liked like Matt Ryan has been my favorite Constantine. I hate to like discredit Keanu, but like. Matt Ryan did such a good job. I love the original Constantine series that was only like one season. And then he was on um, uh, uh, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. I about he said Heroes like, of the Storm like it was a TV series. Legends of Tomorrow, Heroes of the Storm, same thing. Whatever. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. Um, did I say Legends of the Storm? Legends of Tomorrow. Heroes of Tomorrow. Heroes of Tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, but like, no, like Peter, you know, he was like my favorite Lucifer, like when he showed up at the end of that movie and like just in that suit and then like there was like a piece of like um like debonair and at the same time like corruption and i don't know no he was good he's good um yeah i think that him and like yeah i was gonna even mention uh david Tennant from good omens he's not the devil but oh devil adjacent. good omens yeah he's fun yeah I know a lot of people have their reservations about like reading Neil Gaiman's Good Omens and the TV show, but like I remember watching that movie and I always or not movie that TV show, and I enjoyed it immensely. But I always feel like a special, a little something special when I like ever watch something and my wife suddenly like kind of like perks up because she lo- she doesn't like movies, she doesn't like TV. She's the type of person that will watch the same sitcom over and over and over again or whatever just because she doesn't like branch out and like so like when she finds something and she's like really like kind of taken aback by it or like kind of like enjoyed but like you know like i remember squid games is one of those things where it was just like oh wow you really like this good omens was another one of those where she just really loved the characters in good omens and like especially david Tennant because i'm like oh my god david Tennant is such like you know you put him in anything i'm like oh like, and I feel really bad because I feel like Matt Smith's post doctor run is a complete opposite. Like everything Matt Smith has done, Matt Smith has done after Doctor Who, it's been like, ah, eh, you're not getting Matt Smith, you know? Yeah, because he's but, in Morbius. So. <laughs> he is. I just I I saw I, I sent you that yeah. uh, that tweet where it's like my favorite part of Morbius is when Morbius is when he's like it's Morbin time. <laughs> Uh, well, more, I told I think more, but all over the place. Yeah. Like if yeah. Sony makes a fuck or I, uh, <laughs> I almost did it. If Sony makes a Alistair Smythe movie with the spider slayers, I, I feel like they're just, they're literally hanging on to the end of a burning rope 
Literally. <laughs> no, no, no. When they do uh, the big wheel or, you know, um, uh, Pace Pot Pete, I think that's where we're at with that. So, you know, you know whatever. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Diablo won the best doubles, right? So, <laughs> me and even even if I messed up the nacho hat, because it's not a nacho hat, it's uh, an Iron Man hat, and, and uh, Joe has questioned the authenticity of the game. I um, I understand. I get it. I'm a hack at a I was there. I was there like Aslan from uh, <laughs> like uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Like, <laughs> I was. Don't recite the Nacho Hat to me. I was there when it was created. You can't. You can't try to trick me with a fake you, hat. Yeah, it you holds, and you created that in the network Netflix. It holds yes. crispy tortillas <laughs> with melted cheese and jalapenos. This. This. This is not a vessel that can contain <laughs> such things. Oh. You, I'm going to find you a vessel that can contain such things. Okay, great. Well, I look forward to that. So, all right. My God, as much as I promised you before we started recording, this is going to go three hours, but it did. I am, I am, um, yeah, I'm a terrible influence, but. Just put that, just put the asterisk special edition. <sighs> we had a lot of fun. This was, a, this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um. Steve, I just want to say that like Paul has just like rekindled his relationship with his first love and you <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Steve, I'm sorry, who? Who? Steve who? Steve can't go three hours. Yeah, yeah. He he's gonna sit there, he's just gonna be like he's gonna be peeling an apple with like yeah. like a knife the entire time, like, oh yeah. I gotta okay. tell you what's well, up, right? Okay. Like, I'm gonna get killed in the next Saturday night slasher no, book. No, that's gonna happen. I'm Somehow, gonna, like Steve's gonna like be post outside my house with my car, like drawing my house. Like, no, yes, no. here comes the Saturday night slasher, and there is Jose and Jose. <laughs> I no, ne- next week I'm going to somehow have a black eye and I can't explain it. No, the slasher's killing me this week. And I'm pretty yeah. sure. I've, no, I've always told him repeatedly that I need to die in the slasher because it's like, there's this weird morbid, like uh, fascination of like, I need to see me like die somehow. Cause I like, Oh, well at least it's not going to be that bad. You know, like I feel like there's something there, but no, thank you, Joe. Thank you for, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, we, we had, we've had fun. It's just, you know, like, yeah, just, this is, this is good. And I hope people enjoyed this and uh, event horizons, a fun film. And, um, yeah. So next week, I don't know what we're going to do. I think I might, um, try to guilt Steve into watching a Western cause you know, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I haven't watched a Western in a while. Yeah, I don't know. There's some cool. There's some cool shit out there. Maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll convince them to watch one. I don't know. We're gonna figure it out. But that's gonna do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And Joe, do you remember our original um, outro to the show? Do you remember what we told people that people were upset about? Do you remember that? We're gonna get you.